Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I can do it. I can tell you about my Ace Attorney story, Rebecca, if you want to. Go on, go on. Let's let's hear it and I'll then I'll go so, into the intro. I I I, I teased uh, Rebecca earlier by being like, I, I have an Ace Attorney story because <laughs> I I've uh, ever since the Apollo Justice uh trilogy uh, was announced for a remake. I went back to my old DS XL uh, and my old cartridge and I started replaying the game again, which was oh, great. Wow, okay. It was great. It was going fine. Loved it. Yeah. But one thing that I forgot is that the old Apollo Justice uses some of the 3DS's like tech, like tech, tech stuff, including right, okay. like the microphone. So you can press down a button and shout objection and the game <laughs> yeah. will recognize that. Yes. Right? Yeah. Which is fantastic. So I was like having all sorts of fun being like, objection and all that. But there's also a bit where you have to dust for fingerprints. So you tap your screen like to put the dust on and then you blow and then the dust will blow away, leaving a fingerprint. And you're like, oh, yeah. this is great. So I was playing, I got to that moment and I was blowing into the microphone and I was like, it's not picking up. Like the microphone is not picking up like me blowing into it. Okay. I don't... Like I won't be able to play the game if this is like if if this doesn't work. Mm, so I went to the DS okay. settings and I blew into the microphone and you could see the levels and it wasn't registering. But when I spoke, it did. So I was like, well, this is very odd. <laughs> so okay. uh, and also when I was speaking into it, it was only just slightly picking up. But when I screamed, it picked up. <laughs> <laughs> it picked up completely. So I was like. <laughs> Okay, went back into the game, started Please, oh. screaming into this microphone, like little at first, like a little scream, and then a bit of dust flew away, and I was like, oh, for God's sake. So I literally had to go into my bedroom, like sound, like put the duvet over me, like soundproof my screams. Oh my and this microphone, it wasn't like a little scream, like I had to proper like shout <laughs> into this microphone. So this dust would fly away in game. And so I was just like, just like under my duvet, like screaming, like, like that's a this great DS. story. I love that story. I just and I was like, I can't believe I have to do this every single time. Like it's gonna be so embarrassing. Like my I I like I have neighbors either side. They're gonna think like, what the what the fuck is she doing? Um, but then the next day I was playing with headphone like earbuds, and yeah. on the on the earbuds there's like a little microphone, and, I, and, and 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 like another dusting bit came up again. I was like, oh for fuck's sake! But actually, in the microphone you can blow into it. Like it's like one of these like. And you can oh, blow it, into yeah, the microphone yeah. it and picks it picks up. up. Oh, right, okay. Oh, that's so good. Thank God I don't have to. Because there's a number of times in the game where you have to, like, this is like, like a feature a of the yeah. game, yeah. So, oh, yeah, so thank that's Christ a good I don't story. have to be shouting at my DS, like, ah! Like, Do you not think, like, in the context of the game, I know it's Apollo Justice, but you can imagine Phoenix, who's not a detective, he's a lawyer, like, like dusting for fingerprints and shouting them yes. off. 
Yes. <laughs> like that feels accurate to the it's, character. It's very Apollo as well, because Apollo like he like has vocal exercises like in game. He has like he wants to practice his like chords of steel. And Incredible. so he, he does it like ah, oh, it, it matches it so perfectly. That's but you know so funny. I don't think just, my chords of steel could take it. That's just this this picture in my head now of Rachel being like I have to go do some dusting. A dog Samson in the distance. You just hear like. Welcome back to Indie Discovery, the indie gaming podcast brought to you by Rock Paper Shotgun. And this week, uh, we don't really have a script. Um, so just to give you a little bit of context on this, one of us just got back from holiday, one of us just got out of surgery, and one of us just resigned. So between all that, and I'm going to leave you to guess who's who, between all that, we don't really have much preparation time that we've put into this, but nevertheless... We love this podcast, we love each other, we love you, our dear listeners, and so we soldier on in the face of all this adversity. So I am one of your hosts, Rebecca Jones, joined by my lovely friends, colleagues, co-hosts, Rachel Watts. Hello. And Liam Richardson. Hello. I thought you were going to say I'm the holiday one. Uh (laughs) (laughs) I'm the holiday one because it makes me sound really bad that I'm hosting and I have not got my shit together today, despite the one who has just come back from a lovely holiday. Did you have a nice holiday? Was I had nice? a lovely holiday, thank you. Sorry. Oh, good. What with all the other stuff? We haven't really talked about my holiday. No. <laughs> no. How was yes. it? How was Greece? How, how it was, was Greece doing? It was lovely. It was lovely. It was the first time that I've left the UK in four years. Um, oh. It really? was genuinely a very, very nice couple of weeks. Mm. So yeah, additional context for our listeners, despite the fact that we are broadly on schedule to release on time uh it's been the best part of a month since we actually recorded one of these and none of us can remember how mm-hmm. any of it works so you're yeah. getting the you're getting the very best of us today listeners i really hope that you're excited goodness knows i weird vibes weird vibes yeah get into um, it join yeah. in but, yeah weird yeah. out yeah go just on. go for a walk uh, just no matter if you're in your dressing gown just leave the house put your headphones on leave just walk around yes. in your pants. That's the vibes that we're on for today. <laughs> oh, it really is. And to top it all off, it's still quite muggy in the UK, despite the fact oh, that we're no longer at record-breaking yeah. temperatures. I'm probably not the only one who's still quite warm. I yeah. don't know about the rest Ew. of you. No, I'm I'm so sweaty right now. So We've been chatting for like an hour before we started recording, and I'm already <laughs> melting. So it's it going to keep just getting worse from here on out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The vibes are off. The vibes are off. I think it's you know it's fair to acknowledge that. Yeah, but. <laughs> What better time, what better time than a, than a day where all the vibes are off already to just really dig into it and talk about horror games? I mean, it's already a horror show. That's the great part. Oh, oh yeah. I love yeah, that. I like that, yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, they often yeah. say that July is the spookiest month of the year. Look, no, I've got a good so... excuse. I've got a good excuse. It's all lined up. It's all lined up. You see, people talk about October spooky month, right? That is for, that is for 
casuals in terms of horror. <laughs> the real yeah. horror fans know that to really get Halloween right, you need to start prepping end of August, right? That is the, the latest you want to go. So mm. obviously now doing this professionally, I want to help be part of how you start that prep that starts in late August. Oh, so yes. now, mid-July, now is the time when I start throwing out these recommendations, when I start talking to you about horror, you're going to have the best run up to Halloween with these indie games. Incredible. I love this. Listener, <laughs> I just really want to highlight how much of a professional Rebecca is because the concept for this podcast, A Peek Behind the Curtain, started because we were in a planning meeting and one of us just said, wouldn't it be funny if we did a horror episode that wasn't in October? <laughs> You've justified that to the point where it sounds like I'm lying. And I think that is a true uh, quality of a professional that you're able to do that. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm a writer. It's all spin. It's all spin all the time. Oh, it's all spin. <laughs> Or spin, baby. <laughs> also, for those like unanointed, I mean, context clues. Rebecca's really into her horror shit, like mm-hmm. really into her horror games. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> and so hopefully this episode would be a nice deep dive into your favorite horror games and your psyche in general. And also oh. I'm kind of scared because <laughs> I do not. I, horror games are great, but also I, I get scared very easily. So I'm very keen to hear what you have to say about all the wonderful yeah, indie I'm horror games. I'm also a baby. So I'm very excited to, to live babies. through your love of horror. We, oh we are my of goodness. The babies. Well, I hope. It's your horror I mean, adult. <laughs> your, oh, oh, I want that on I was going to be like your mother. I want that on a t-shirt. The horror adult, please. Somebody make this happen. Um, horror adult, yes. Yes. Um, Not so yeah, horror I mean, mommy then? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> eh, maybe. Depends on the context. Very much depends on context, I feel. Yeah, true. And probably enough. not the way around you think. So. <laughs> oh, okay. I love that. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you are, I'm going to say 25 and under, don't call me mommy. <laughs> Anyone else? I am open to negotiations. Is that too spicy? Is no. this too spicy? I love it. I love it. I don't... I don't. <laughs> This is great. I mean, we should we should um, not script more often. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is better. Actually, I like this a lot. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> Just desperately improvising because none of us are prepared for this. Open mm. for discussion on being horror mommy. I just—you're opening yourself up to some horrific DMs with that. Hey, you know what? At least it will make a change. You know, as a woman in the games industry, I already get some pretty horrific DMs. So at least these will have like a more pleasant tone. Like, yeah. you know, oh, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Also, my DMs are closed. So smart. Sensible. That's a very good idea. Yeah. I am joking. My DMs are totally closed. So don't, you know, just do, do not contact me. Do as, do as you like, but I won't see it. Uh, <laughs> Okay, this is this is so unhinged already. Um, <laughs> yeah, so basically, back way back, way back in the day, of about six to eight months ago, when we started planning this podcast, um, mm. Rachel, I believe it was Rachel, put in our planning doc uh, Rebecca's Tower of Terror because she, yeah, she wanted me to talk. Uh, she wanted to, to host an episode on on indie horror games, and um, I thought about it, and I've I've had it in the back of my mind for a long time, and I decided Tower of Terror. I don't want to get sued by Disney, so we're gonna put mm, the, the yeah. Tower of Terror name is 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 gone. Okay. I have a yes. new thing, but yeah, all right, back off, Disney. I see after the Goofy episode, I see you with your hand on the phone to call yeah. your lawyer. All right, just back <laughs> off. Yeah, I don't I, need I, that I, in my life right now, Disney. Disney. 
Back off, Disney. We Back know you're Disney. listening. We know you're listening. Mickey Mouse. Yeah. With a big <laughs> pair of headphones over his large ears. Yeah, as soon as it. you said Mickey Mouse, something was triggered in Disney HQ and someone came to listen. Like, <laughs> We should refer to him as Michael Mouse from now Michael on. So. Legally Mouse. distinct Michael Mouse. Roger Rat. That's our new mascot, Roger Rat. Oh, my goodness. Oh, God. It oh. reminds me of the Devolver mascot that they like brought out for... Uh, not oh, E3, he? the cursed oh, was... mole vole thing. Yeah, and they put him on all the um, all the, all the banners the... for all their games, yeah. didn't they? Oh, what was he called? Oh, Volvi. Oh, yes, oh, it was a vole. It was. I, I don't remember all of it, but I certainly remember looking at that being like, what the hell? What the yeah. hell's going on now? I mean, it's Devolver doing Devolver in it. I don't want to derail what you want to call this segment. I really want to hear it. Oh, but cool. when you mentioned Disney, have any of you seen that cursed like Disney podcast that Disney pay for, but they no, act like no. it's not official? So it's like three people sat at like, you know, proper podcast, you know, 4K video and sat around a table with like Shua SM7Bs. And they're all like, listen, uh, for the price of uh, $35, you can get this delicious Mickey Mouse steak from whatever, uh, Epcot. Oh and they're all like, really? Tell us more. And it's like so clearly advertorial. But Disney are like, nope, we just get our super fans in and they're allowed to say whatever they want. And like TikTok have them on blast of like, this is grim. Why are they doing this? Search it out. It's really funny. I really, I'll, I'll send oh you God. both to them. Yeah. So wait, like, is, is it a podcast just about Disney shit or like their films or like? It's is like it just... a Disney, it's like a Disney Parks podcast. Oh, okay. Um, I can, so it's like... to be honest, yeah, I can see why that would, they would think that would like fly. So many people like, there's a yeah. big audience of people going to, you know, me possibly being one of them. Disney, yeah, yeah, you'd <laughs> not, any, it, not anymore. <laughs> I've done my time. <laughs> It, it makes me laugh every time. Uh, full disclosure, Rachel and I are in a Love Island chat on WhatsApp where we talk about Love Island along with oh Ed, our staff writer. <laughs> and uh, every time you message that group chat, I get a little preview of you wearing oh, the yes. goofy hat in, yes, in, in the yes. Disney park. And it makes me laugh every time. <laughs> Rebecca, we derailed you right, so much. No, Please, it's what cool. is this I, section called? It bought called? me time. It bought me time because two <laughs> things. One was that I, I um, this script, this tiny script I'm working from was handwritten in my hotel room in pencil and I couldn't read part of what I'd written and I was having a real panic while you were talking about that so I, oh, I was watching you you lifted it up like you were studying it handwriting <laughs> I wrote it in code yeah so you bought me some some important time um another thing is right actually I do need your help I have the concept but I don't have a title for it yet so I feel like we, okay. we need to workshop the title sure as, okay. on the as podcast. a trio for this segment yes. because what I decided basically that I would like to do is create a kind of compass, a compass of horror concepts that, that then we can use to kind of like categorise and talk about indie horror in more depth by having this sort of broad outline of... I mean, okay, so like full disclosure, I am of the three of us definitely the biggest horror fan and I have the sort mm -hmm. of most yeah. comprehensive grounding in horror games, but I am not at all claiming to be a total expert with no gaps in my knowledge in fact there is a there is a gap in my knowledge that is fully acknowledged on this script which we're going to go into in a bit but yeah so this is quite a personal thing this is quite a personal list of some favorites that that i would like to throw mm. out there within the concepts of indie horror and the things that are kind of big in the genre at the moment and the things that i particularly like so yes how to begin explaining this diagram in <laughs> audio format is my next question. Okay. <laughs> oh, I no, I love this already. Oh my God. I, love I do it. as well. Yeah. Was was I, had I already had a cocktail by the time I decided that now would be, I think I had. 
when I decided that now would be a great time just to, to sketch out a, a podcast oh, script. Did you have a couple of drinks and then go back to the hotel room and plan a podcast? Yeah, yeah oh, I did. I love you, mate. I really do. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> I just, I was like, I'm not working on this holiday, but I have, I have one thing I really want to do. I've got an idea and I'm getting it down. Um, yes. That's amazing. There we okay. go. So yes, imagine... Imagine a compass. We all kind of know what a compass rose looks like, right? It's got mm-hmm. it's got the uh, it's got the horizontal and the vertical lines, and the mm-hmm. four points. Mm-hmm. So on the four points, instead of north, we have serious horror games. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Are you guys writing this down? I feel like a teacher. Like I a am. Because like I'll forget. Structure. You'll say it, and I will instantly forget. Actually, yeah, I'm going to draw it out. I'm going to draw oh, it out. Oh, this is structure. exciting! I thought I was like. If I had yeah, had my on, shit together this week, I would have sent you like a like a little PowerPoint slide or something. But as aforementioned, I did not have my shit together this week. Just so. draw a circle here. But as oh, <laughs> as we go, we can like put like like you said, Rebecca. We can like put them. It's yeah. a good visual aid. Yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna fill in fill in the compass with stuff we like serious horror that's pointing up yep. <laughs> okay. someone just heard me say up on a compass and they're like oh actually it's not up it's uh... <laughs> <laughs> right okay. I'm glad you guys are so into this this is really this is really heartening I was right. like, this is not going to land at all when i try and explain this verbally i like um, a good visual <laughs> nice okay cool oh thank you guys okay so on east on east yes. we have scary not f- not feeling east gotta be honest and then on <laughs> on, on south we have funny Oh, funny. Okay. Okay. And then on West, we have Creepy. And my thinking here is, right, a horror game to be a horror game, it's got to be somewhere on the continuum of creepy to scary. But those aren't right. synonyms. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of room in there for different tones. But serious to funny, you know, that's a lot more, in my opinion. You can have a very funny horror game. Some of the best indie horrors in particular are really funny. Yeah. And do not take themselves seriously and should not be taken seriously. Okay. Right. Like that, okay. Yeah, so. Oh, Ooh, I oh like, my gosh, I this love is the so arrows. Oh, nice. <laughs> yours are so much, both so much better drawn than mine. And this is really, I do feel like the horror teacher now because I'm being shown like the I like it. different interpretations like of the assignment. <laughs> oh dear. So, right. Also, to acknowledge the elephant in the room right now, right in the middle of the, right where Ooh. all the points intersect, mm-hmm. I yeah. have got a little eye symbol to represent what I'm calling my horror blind spot, which is that I do not know a lot about stealth and chase-based horror games. So this is, this is a bit that I fully acknowledge that just as a personal thing, I don't really enjoy those very much. That is. So like Amnesia and Outlast. I appreciate Amnesia for being a very good game. Um, Outlast I'm genuinely not a very big fan of. I still watch these games streamed and try to play them, but they're not my favourites, and I don't think they ever will be, just out of personal preference. And there's also the fact that, like, I do think genuinely, and like, with no intended disrespect to the people making these games, I think that they are in the zeitgeist right now to the point where it's sort of like, there's a lot out there. And like, yeah. Amnesia's probably the best yeah. of them, but there's there's a lot that I would classify as like, not so good within those genres. Mm-hmm. So That's fair. But I yeah, mean, that's like, a thing for me that I just, I don't know it as well. So I won't be covering it yeah. in as much like detail here. That's because you're not a YouTuber uh, between <laughs> 2010 and 2014. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, obviously I'm familiar in as much as that. I watched a load of those streams and videos because they mm. are great fun to watch another person. But I genuinely also, I do sometimes look at those games and think this is more, this is more developed for the streaming audience, which is a perfectly legitimate and fine thing to be. 
But these are all games. The games that I've put down today are all ones that I would recommend that like you play. You know, our listeners, mm-hmm. yeah. the two of you, if you were interested. These are games that are actually, in my opinion, fun to play. Cool. Mm. As I'm so down for this. Okay. So I've only picked four. I've only picked four because I'm like, I could talk horror games all day. But yeah, to give you an idea of where the resident in Discovery horror maven is in terms of like interests, I thought, let's let's pin down some of these concepts with a game that I think really, for me, is like one of my top horror games and also describes the intersection of concepts that we're uh-huh. looking at. So, okay. right, and this is my OB where I'm going to have to Google something and I can't really reach my keyboard. So this is scary. This is the this is the fear. I'm getting excited. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. The anticipation. You know it's like a horror game. It's building. <laughs> well, you know what, actually? I'll let you guys decide because I have put... Oh, okay. I have put the games I want to talk about today. They're all at kind of like Southwest, Southeast, Northwest, Northeast. Southwest, Southeast. Mm. Like, pick a direction and we'll see. We'll Ooh. see what's there. Ooh. <laughs> that's really good i love this by the way and yeah, the fact that great. our logo also has compass elements by the uh, yeah, way right? <laughs> once again the planner of the three of us has <laughs> has made a very well uh, structured podcast <laughs> it's a 10 word script i can't i can't I know, but even from enough. 10 words you know what's funny right is that when you when you go like you when you have a couple of drinks and you think about a podcast plan you come up with like this really structured clear outline whereas i'm like oh what if i do an old man voice and pretend to be a priest like hey, the way everyone that we loves father drinkers okay yeah father drinkers is amazing <laughs> yeah i do hate to break it to you but i just get more analytical the drunker i get it's really cool i love it this is great <laughs> that's so funny i, I would that. like to travel northwest to start with northwest good lord which way is serious that? and creepy I... that's creepy serious i thought it was creepy serious right okay this is good this is the one that this is the only one that we actually mentioned prior to starting recording so this is a good start right okay. mm-hmm. which is i did ask you guys like what do you think about the original layers of fear in terms of whether it counts as indie and mm. we, we back and forth it but looking into it i would say that the original is is definitively indie i mean that's the thing is it was it was kind yeah. of an indie darling at the time in 2016 when it was released, right? It mm-hmm. it was it was I personally think and, and I think a lot of people contemporary like reviewers would agree was like the the best example to come out of the sort of post PT first person like walking sim mm. horror boom yeah, which came absolutely. after after PT released in 2014. I really like Lesophere. It's probably worth saying as well like I am a fan of this series generally. I have interviewed uh Blue Team uh, a couple of times prior to the release of the new Layers of Fear, which came out last month. I'm playing that at the moment. I would argue that it's not really indie anymore because yeah, yeah. they've sort of been acquired by, I think Embracer Group ultimately has the like up top level ownership of, of their work now. And obviously they're doing great things. They're doing like the new Silent Hill. They're doing, um, they did the, the Blair Witch tie-in game. And like, I think it's, a, honestly, it's a success story. And that's kind of one of the reasons that I wanted to talk about Layers of Fear mm. because it is that big indie success story of like, they just made a really good indie game that people really liked. And they've they've built on that to become a really recognized horror brand. And I'm like, that's, that's good. I feel mm. like, I feel like Layers of Fear and Blue Team in general have had this moment like you see with a lot of celebrities who get a lot of love just like out of you know a year or so or two years where like they've produced something adored and it's untouchable and then it just like suddenly the internet kind of turns against them it's like oh that's cringe now Mm. and i feel like layers of fear definitely went through that which is really unfortunate because i do genuinely think that it is a very good series of horror games yeah Um, i think the first one's the best one yeah the second wasn't wasn't received quite well i didn't like the second one 
I'm I very much the it, first but with one. caveats. But I like the first. The first one is is a yeah, really. Yeah, this one's good, immense. Genuinely, yeah. really good game, and you know, I think it's. I just like to look back on that and say, it's such a good example as well of the people. You know, walking sim as a term was sort of coined yeah. as an insult, but I do think that this is demonstrating that you can have a game with. Mm-hmm. It's not even like low interactivity. It's just it's just quite a sort of simple interactivity. But I mean, like I, you know, it's a great accessible game for that, in my opinion. Yeah. Layers of fear, and you know, I can't fault it. I was I was creeped out the first time I played it with like sort of no context. It is genuinely a spooky creepy game as i say it's just yeah. for those who've not played layers of fear like um it's gonna be like for those who've not not played or heard of layers of fear hi, oh yeah dad it's nice that you're still listening um <laughs> really really appreciate that you still listen every time even though like, you you don't really know what we're talking about um <laughs> i assume i tend to assume that most people who are familiar with with the gaming landscape do sort of know layers of fear a bit but yeah it's um you play as a character uh, a sort of disembodied character who's exploring this uh, this this crumbling sort of 1920s mansion and it it has genuinely got that creepiness factor the number of times in the game when anything is actually going to jump at you when anything is actually going to startle you remarkably low but it it carries that atmosphere in such an incredibly evocative way oh really yeah you know rachel it, as as a fellow appreciator of this game, I'm sure you agree. It's, like it's, it's all in the atmosphere, right? It's all in the atmosphere. Yeah, um, there's something about it that, like, I think, you know, walking teams get a lot of jip. You don't do anything. You walk around. But that's why Laser Fear as a horror game really works. The the kind of, like, helplessness mm. you feel as this house mm. pushes you around its various rooms. Mm. It's basically, a like, a... <laughs> One of those fairground rides where you sit in a carriage and in a haunted house and it takes you round. Oh, and I just, okay. yeah. And I think that a lot of people, are, you know, a bit sniffy about that. Like, well, you don't really do much. You kind of just, you know, it's a walk, it's a walk, walk, like a, a film that you walk through, which mm. I don't think that necessarily a bad thing, but ultimately Absolutely. like, you know, and there's something about picking an artist in particular, the main character is an artist. They are on a kind of, a voyage, a quest to paint uh, a woman, and each chapter is is ends with like this painting, this portrait of this woman from like a base coat, another coat on top of that, another paint of oh. coat, and so each chapter is kind of around the 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 character's personal history with the house, the character's personal history with this woman and who she is. There's a child as well. Is there a child, Rebecca? There's a child. Yeah. There's, There's a, a kid, and so each layer of this portrait is like a chapter of the book until at the end of the game there's like a completed portrait of like that also reflects it's like about the artists in in a turmoil and they did it with the second one as well it's like oh these tortured artists like and how they you know create their art which is something that i mean artists have had that for years right like you need to be a certain way to create beautiful art and layers of fear is commenting on that but yeah, I like I like that you just walk around and stuff happens around you. It's scary. The thing I have that no I... control. I exactly. Just, yeah. The only thing you can control, and this is why I think that horror walking sims are so effective. The only thing yeah. you can control is your decision to keep going. Ultimately, yeah. which yeah. is a decision and which makes it different from a horror film, right? Because you're yeah. in these games like Layers of Fear, but Layers of Fear I still think is the, you know, the best archetype of it, aside from perhaps PT. Mm. Is that yeah, you've you've got agency as a player. You've got mm-hmm. the agency to move forward 
or choose not to. There are so mm. many moments in these games where I, because I, I love horror, but like the first time through a horror game, I'm a wimp. Second time through, I'll run at everything. But like when yeah, I don't yeah. know what's going on, I'm a real wimp. Yeah, you have the agency to, to just say, I'm going to stand here and chill out for a minute and not mm. move forward. And then, the, you know, like the house or the environment is still like creaking, making noises around you. There's still stuff happening. It is, to my mind, one of, you know, the most immersive types mm. of horror quite actually because it's paired back in that way mm. so it's you've a, not played really it really good point so i haven't played it no because i like to have a gun in my hand uh, to, <laughs> to shoot things which is not this a is the thing though. no not a paper oh i can't can't possibly let the themes wash over me because what if something jumps out and makes me shit my pants i i like horror games where i have more agency mm. and it's that lack of agency that is obviously scary like i totally mm-hmm. get that it's a really good observation and it makes sense as to why yeah walking simulator is such a derogatory term but i do love those games because i think it absorbs you more in the world there is still a core interaction there it's allowing you to explore the environment in your own way at your own pace and I love the idea of what you're saying about horror. I still think PT is the worst thing I've ever played because of how scary it is. <laughs> it is it's horrible. I've seen people play through it. I can't play it through myself. Horrific. I cannot. Oh. It is funny that the way you finish that game is by shouting a name into the PS4 <laughs> microphone that no one can decide what it is. I think we're all on the same page now that it's Jareth, which Jareth. is really funny. I <laughs> is that how it ends? Yes. I know. Oh, yeah, yeah. You've yeah, got to just, shout something why? in the PS4 microphone to get the door to open. Yeah. Has anyone okay. ever tried just going like, Norman Reedus, see if it works? <laughs> and the funky feeders. That's right. <laughs> Yeah. When I first played PT, it was with a group of friends. It was when me and Yolly were like just sort of starting to date each other, and I was still trying to impress her. And I had a house party at mine at the time, and there was like nine of us playing PT, and I was just a mess. I think it really—it's <laughs> a testament that she's still with me. That she was like my other qualities, because like, no, I don't like the woman. Don't look at the woman. <laughs> oh, but yeah, I, I can't—I can't play Laser Fear because it's within that same mold. It uh, mm. there's nothing between me and the scary things other than like you say my decision to play it. So guess what I don't do? I don't <laughs> play, play them. Yeah, so. no, that's fair enough. That <laughs> yeah. is fair enough. But that's why I feel like that's that's on the creepy end for me. The creepy end of things is like the yeah. challenge is mm. is just in my own psychology, is in my own willingness. And like I will say, Layers of Fear too. I don't think it was as good overall. I did still enjoy it. There were definitely moments in Layers of Fear too where I. <gasps> Just the, as the character panicked and ran. And that's mm. really the interesting. It was, oh my gosh. Um, the mannequins are so good. Not to uh, get to they, Are they mannequins? They are mannequins. There's a lot of mannequins in Les of Fear 2. Oh, um, not to get too off track because it wasn't the time. game I was meaning to talk about. But yeah, Les of Fear 2, there's the bit with the boy. Do you remember the bit with the boy? No. Um, so I know there's, there's a boy. You're going through... <laughs> You're going through the um the ship because it's set on a set on a ship. Which is one of the reasons that I really like it. It was it was 2019 was the year when all the horror games were set on yeah, boats, you, and I was like, you love it's a nautical great. horror, don't you? I love nautical mm. horror. I was I, <laughs> 2019 was my year for so many reasons, as it turned out, um because I didn't have a year basically for the next three. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> None of us did. A cry. None of no. us did. But you know, why did something happen? No. Uh, is anyone else just in complete shock that it's 2023 already? Because you really feel yes. like it should be 2021 yeah. at most. Because, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> goodness me. 
goodness me. Anyway, yes. Not to be not to be heartless and flippant, genuinely. I do appreciate that the pandemic was an absolutely awful time for most people. Mm. Yeah. I don't like how casual I sounded about that just then, so I do just want to acknowledge that, but moving on. You'd be fine. Yeah, Layers of Fear 2, that's where we're at, is the bit with the boy. You're moving through the ship and you hear this like clanking noise and you're hearing a lot of these clanking noises, right? And you're like, okay, so that's the ship doing its thing. You round a corner and there is what I can only describe as a ghost puppet boy sitting in your path. Oh my God. Like kicking his legs against uh, like this this metal um cabinet mm-hmm. and i just fucking fled i like ran back through the level as fast as like he doesn't even yeah, hurt you. he doesn't so do creepy. anything to you but that was the moment where i was i noped out like yeah, so hard <laughs> the so thing creepy. is about it though is that like with both layers of fear one and two two in particular the theme and the idea is so interesting mm. so yeah the first one you're a painter the second one you're an actor and so there's kind of oh, this like, yeah, so this idea that like your persona of being like doing your job, pretending to be someone else and then the real self behind that. Ooh. And the person who facilitates that is the director. And so like there's like the Ooh. boy with the puppet and strings like a marionette doll, like someone mm. else is in control. And so like mm. mind, well, that's why I played it. I was like, this theming is so good because... You know, this, yeah, idea about artists and their work, that you have the self and then the expression you put, like, physically out into the world. But for, uh, for like, actors, it's all within the body. It's, like, within you. Your mind can be in two different places. So, like, that is cool. That's a cool horror game concept. <laughs> and I, I don't remember, honestly, I don't remember much of the game, Rebecca. Um, forgive me. But, like, oh, I just yeah. don't... I think it hints at all this stuff, but it just doesn't really, Yeah, like, it doesn't end on nearly it. as satisfying mm. a note as the first one, I would say. The first and, like, one the was first so complete, one yeah. ends very ambiguously, but it's still, like, very complete, mm-hmm. as you say. Um, and also, like, great recap of Layers of Fear 2. I'm just here, like, oh, boat horror's cool, and you just actually came in with a really <laughs> great and insightful summary of the whole idea. Oh. It is good. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, that's why I play yeah. these games. I really like games where it's, like, artists and their work because that history like art history is all about like you know like there's just certain like artists who are like oh yeah by the end they created their darkest work when they're in the darkest hour and it's just like it's kind of creepy makes for a good horror horror game series it does and uh yeah i'm playing the the third one at the moment side note i'm sorry guys you're lovely Bloober team it should have been called layers of fear 3 what are you playing at yeah Um, come on now call it layers of fear Again, and just it's complicated, but yeah, it's 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 technically Layers of Fear three. So, is it? I thought it was just the first two remastered. Oh, so what it is, and this is because I'm a law nerd for Layers of Fear, which is why it's my <laughs> pick for for serious creepy. There is an underlying story to one and two that you don't really pick up on unless you play them both a couple of times. Yeah, I didn't. Right, absolutely and did not. <laughs> then understanding that underlying story feeds into three, which is both its own game and a remaster of everything else in the series up to that point, and that is justified within the context of the story. Oh. I know, I'll just, I'll just say, it's not a spoiler because it's the setup, is basically you play in Layers of Fear 3, you play as a writer. I call, I'm calling it 3, by the way, let's just accept that it's Layers of Fear mm-hmm. 3. Layers of Fear 3, you play as a writer who is writing biographies of the protagonists from 1 and 2. Interesting. Oh, which and- is... That's really good. And so it's an entirely justified remake because everything that happens that diverges from those original stories is her interpreting based on the resources she has about their life and work Mm -hmm. and her opinions. And like, she will, she will jump in. She will say like, 
her interpretation of the scene and why it's playing out differently than it did in the original game. I would say definitely, if you're getting into Layers of Fear, start from the beginning. Don't start from this year's remaster because it is the end of a trilogy. That's so mm. weird. That's a weird yeah. choice for them to do it's that. It's very a cool weird. And idea, that's but... What I love about this series is it's not always perfect. It's a very imperfect execution of a very mm. cool idea. But that is so... Yeah. The audacity behind that I just love is, you know, just the idea of like, oh, you know, you've got to play the whole series, but then like come in with this remaster and oh man. But yeah, absolutely. My recommendation is start with Layers of Fear. It's, I will say, I do think the original is the best one. Um, haven't yeah. finished three yet, so I can't say for sure. Some stuff they've done in three just feels a bit like they do want to build their profile as a more action oriented horror studio. And that kind of shows through a little bit in the choices they've made. That's not mm. super my cup of tea for the reasons that we've like said about Walking Sims and the reason that that is actually more mm. effective as horror. But that's by the by. Um, but yeah, this series, the Layers of Fear series, genuinely one of my favourite, one of my favourite game series, probably, overall. And uh, solid. Yeah. And very serious because, yeah, it's just talking all the time about mental health and uh, murder. Mm, yeah. <laughs> the, the twin, the twin concept. Well, that, for series. I guess that's the other thing about this series as well is that, Mm, that aspect of it about like individuals going mad like yeah. I don't think it's the best for that but I mean we're talking horror games we so. are talking horror games yeah. there is a certain point where you just have to like there is yeah there it's is a, recognize that a troubling underpinning like one yeah. of my one of my big like soapboxes that I would love to to see as an effective change in the games industry is I fully believe sanity meters should be called stress meters Yes. Yeah, what the fuck is that about? I think it's, well, I mean, it's like a sort of, it's a callback to things like the the older sort of like Call of Cthulhu TTRPGs yeah. and stuff. And it's kind of a, it's kind of a an older way of talking about the concept that I don't think you would necessarily bring in today. But I'm like, it's also more effective. It's more accurate to call it a stress meter because yeah. it's, it is this sort of like short term response that your character has. That's just a, that's just a me thing. Side note. <laughs> there's, there's definitely a feeling, isn't there, among some people that Bluebird are quite clumsy when it comes to challenging themes. Yeah, is that maybe Who did the fair medium? to say? That was Blue that was Bluebird. Yeah. That's the only one of theirs yeah. I haven't finished. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I thought there were some parts of Bluebird. Um, there was some parts of the medium that I was like, I'm not <laughs> into this. Like, I yeah, the handling of things can be a little bit heavy-handed. Uh, yeah, which is why I think Layers of Fear. The ambiguity in that actually, I think, yeah. works in the favour of that because. I have really strong opinions about what happened in that story and you will meet other people who have got a very different interpretation of the actual mm. like series of events that make up the, the story behind that game. Mm. Um, mm. And I think that sometimes, you know, if you're if you're grappling with a theme like that that is quite difficult, yeah. but you do really want to tackle it, one of the ways to do that is potentially to do it in a way that is, you know, like leaves it up to the audience to bring their mm. reading to it. That's still valid Absolutely. in my opinion. Yeah, uh, you know, you don't have to bring an answer just because you True. you're addressing the themes. Yeah. So, Rebecca, are there any horror games that handle the themes of mental health particularly well? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> oh, am I allowed to say maybe not? <laughs> yes, you are absolutely allowed to say that. But depression is scary. <laughs> oh god. Um, yeah, I mean, I've said it before in in present company and possibly also actually on the podcast in that I don't mm. think. With maybe a few very rare exceptions that I've ever played a ten out of ten game across the boards, um, mm -hmm. I think that that is you know all art and all entertainment is a compromise. It's all made by humans. Humans are notoriously terrible for for mm -hmm. getting yeah for getting things like 
sort of bang on correct. And yeah, I think that the way that mental health is is tackled in in horror games is is often quite reductive. Yeah, you've you've talked about Hellblade before, which is totally fair. But I can't think of any. I don't think of Hellblade as a horror game. For one thing, is probably you know. And, you know, even Hellblade's not without its controversies. I mean, some people, a lot of people think that it's a great handling of, uh, of you know, the issues that it's talking about. And it was very much uh, developed with the contributions of people within those communities. But even within those communities, you've got people who said, no, I don't think this was very good. And that's just, yeah. that's how people, you know, people mm. always, even the two most like people on earth will have very different experiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, there has to be room for that dissent. And really, isn't it more interesting that we can disagree on these things? Um, yeah. You know. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, yeah that's uh, that's where I'm at. So, blunt, no, there are no horror games that, <laughs> that use mental health as a as a plot point, um, I think, without, without slightly... A faux pas. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah, which is not to say, I, don't, I think you can refer to mental health in games and do it well. But I think mm-hmm. a, as a plot point, it usually gets drawn out to something a bit weird. <laughs> yeah, a bit sticky. Yep, for sure. Total, total side point. We might not even keep this in the pod. But uh. does The Sims ever approach mental health in any way? Other than <laughs> this person needs a piss and now they're crying. Um, They actually recently changed... Uh, one of the traits that's been a trait since The Sims 3 from insane to erratic. Um, and they changed oh, the icon better. because it was like a um, it was God. like a straight jacket icon. Oh my and God. Like, but if you think about it, it's just like, that's what I mean about the conversations moving on is that in 2010 or 2000, 2009, 2010, when The Sims 3 released, that was just, that was okay by, you know, most people's standards. Yeah, and like, yeah. uh, you know, now it's not because it's nearly 15 years later. And uh, good on them for changing that. Yeah, no, they did. They, they patched it in uh, a year or two ago, I think that change. Um, and so yeah, basically it does. Um, and there are some there are some slightly better ones as well. There's like I don't know, there are some traits that some people consider to be um, good for building a character who you envision as having certain like mm. mental health issues, but they are not explicitly coded in that way. If that makes sense. Mm. Right. Okay. Yeah, that makes um, sense. Yeah, and they they generally steered clear of. Uh, most heavy topics like mental health um, and yep. religion and <laughs> oh, yeah. various yeah, other fair. things that get people slightly riled. <laughs> so, True. you know, not without good reason. Um, so, yeah, that's that's where that's at. But, yeah, no, good, good on them for patching it out, at least. Yeah, Should we pick true. a new compass point? Did you have one for each intersection? Should I just pick one? Or did you have specific ones? Um, I've got the four. I've got the four, so on the... On the so, oh, beautiful. Okay. I want okay. <laughs> so, did you have do you have Southwest? Uh yes I do. Let me just again. So work creepy out. and funny. Creepy and this funny. Is, this yeah. is a combo. Alright, yes. Yeah, okay, I'm excited so. for this. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna bang my same drum. I have brought this one up before on the podcast, but I want to talk Ooh. about Simulacra some more, because I love Simulacra. Oh, and yeah. those games are hilarious. Like <laughs> they're hilarious because they're cheesy, but they know they're cheesy. And yeah. so they just lean into it like, oh, there's a, the third one came out last year. So again, we're looking at a series with three, three main entries. I haven't played the third one yet. I'm so sorry, uh, guys, I said I would. And then it's just been a hell of a year. But yeah, it's, I mean, I brought up Simulacra uh, one other time in our Valentine's episode because incidentally, nearly incidentally, the first game has like one of my favorite video game romances. I love, I love Anna and Ashley so much. Mm-hmm. I wish them well all the time. Yes. Um, 
But yeah, there is there is something. Sorry, train of thought gone. It's really hot in here. I mean, speaking personally, I'm very happy you're taking the lead this time. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. How are you doing? I'm all right. I'm fine. Yeah. Yeah, are you sure? Just chilling. Yeah. Good. Oh, don't say chilling and boiled. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> oh, horror game. Chilling. Chilly. Chilly. Go on. No, no, go on. Go on. No, no, it's fine. No, 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 it's, no, no, fine. no, no, no. Go on, no go on. it's fine. Go on. It's fine. Go on. <laughs> it's fine. I don't know where I was going. It's not It's not a Jaffa cake moment. I re-listened back and I was like, where the fuck? Jaffa cakes. The Jaffa cake Incredible. was good. Yeah. That was so good. Yeah, I, li- I was listening. It's not happening like- again. No, I, di- I didn't get to listen to the latest episode until like yesterday, and I was like, "This was—I can't even remember this chat because it, presumably because I was just boiling in my own skull." But yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah, it was warm that day. <laughs> anyway, what was I saying? So yeah, this is a trilogy of found phone horror games. So hmm. I don't know how familiar you you are with found phone as a genre. Um, yes, uh, I've played the first one. Don't remember anything, and I've played a few others. They're really great. Yeah. I love them. Awesome. As a concept, it's so cool. I think yeah, they started more as like mobile mobile games, right? Obviously, because mm-hmm. it's like the idea is you have the app on your phone and it's like your phone becomes the phone that you have found and you're trying to reunite it with its with its owner. And like a lot of these, there's there's a bunch of different ways you can play this, right? I've seen it played as like romance. I've seen it played as mystery. That is so cool. I like that. It's, yeah, it's, it's awesome. genuinely a really cool and innovative genre. And uh, uh, Kaigen Games, makers of Simulacra, um, they've obviously done the Simulacra trilogy now plus a spin-off game and they did that doctor who tying game with the same did they the weeping angels one with the same sort of concept (coughs) oh that's so again weirdly actually looking at my list so many of the games that i'm talking about today kind of did go on to get their developers like a (gasps) bigger um, stuff like bigger stuff which is which is nice that is cool you know, I hope that 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 speaks to sort of a certain mark of quality that I've picked up on, and not just that I'm a corporate dog's body. Um, <laughs> you are um, not. <laughs> but yeah, um, the Simulacra games. What can I say about them? There's, I think, the point at which I knew that they knew it was funny was the point in two where one of the characters is like a really cringe middle-aged like banker bro who fancies himself as a white rapper and <laughs> that his entire video is in the game they did a music video for this guy's oh, wow. terrible terrible rap song that they included in the game and i was like kaigen games they know they know that this is goofy and funny and bullshit it's and they are leaning into vibes. it so hard yeah yes, it's very it's, oh it's so good yeah. it's so bad it's genuinely good and yeah so we've got funny sorted, basically, with Simulacra. They know Hell it. Hell yeah. They know it. But it is genuine. It's creepy in the same way that I, as with Layers of Fear, there's a lot more interactivity, obviously, with, with something like Simulacra. Mm-hmm. With a found phone game, you're going through all the apps on a phone. It can almost be overwhelming with the amount of choices that you have to to like go yeah. through the game mm. um, and look into it. But at the same time, you're rarely going to be like jump scared. Mm. is what I would say. It's it's yeah. again, it's that sort of tension. It's that creeping tension of being like something bad has happened to these people and you're going to get attached to them and then you're going to find out what's happened. Yes. And you know, when I say creepy rather than scary, that's more of what I mean. When I say scary, I mean like jump scares and chases and like that's that's not what this is about. This yeah. is this is almost like almost a visual novel or a text adventure in how it's how it's portrayed. Yeah. That's but they a still really do good little, choice for that. They do little things like they put like little sounds like if you play it on PC, uh, the first one, you can sort of see like a living room behind the phone, oh. and just occasionally oh. like a light will flash, or like oh, you'll hear no. something. Oh, that sucks! And it's just like, no, no, no. Oh. That's oh, a good God. use. That's really because every time you spoke about this game, I'm like, oh, I have to play this on 
a mobile device because it's literally replicating a mobile UI, right? Yeah. But now that you've told me that it replicates, that's such a smart idea if you're going to bring it to a different format is use mm-hmm. the more space you have in an interesting way. Yes. It's, it's fucked it's up, well but I like used. it. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, I I love Simulacra. I also would say, like, bonus recommendation as well, because I am a horror maven. If you have Netflix, uh, and if you don't, that's a very, very smart choice right now. But if you have Netflix, I believe this movie's still on it, which is called Cam. Cam. Yes. And it's got uh, Madeline, Madeline Brewer, I think, from The Handmaid's Tale is the main the main woman in it. She's really good. Mm-hmm. I think that's the name. Apologies if it's not. But it feels like it fits right in the Simulacra universe as well. I like to really? sort of headcanon them as happening with the same, like... Oh, overall yeah. antagonist um and yeah another thing that simulacra kind of deals with a lot as well is the effects of social media on people and the effects mm. of like constant online connectivity with people obviously when you think the drama plays out on the idea that anything about you can be gleaned from your phone essentially which is mm. in itself quite a creepy concept yeah um but nevertheless there is that rap it is just so funny and like it's it's sort of fmv uh, sections as well with the videos and the videos and voice acting they kind of they hired people who would be funny rather than yeah. people who would be like mm-hmm. you know giving an oscar winning performance and i think that that's a very legitimate choice that's fair <laughs> i think for me like with these kind of like found phone game found phone games it's very much like you know when like movies were very obsessed with like home tech so the paranormal activity series yes and, mm. and cam and there's the other one where there's like a bunch of teenagers speaking on webcam is that the cat one called cam oh, and they all die as they're all I'm, speaking on skype or something oh i know it i watched oh, them that's oh. That's the Zoom one from the pandemic, yes. right? It's, yeah. Yes, that's the kind of camp you Oh, the, uh, host on, on Netflix. Uh, yeah, host might on Shudder. My that's apologies. On Shudder, isn't it? Is, yeah. is really good. And then there's some like less good ones on Netflix as well. Yeah. But yeah. It's just this idea that something very familiar that can be exploited in a way in which we don't really realise. And so with like mm. phones, it's like this idea of surveillance, right? And the same mm-hmm. with paranormal activity. It's like this idea that has been around in horror games for years, like you're being watched. But ultimately, like, it's not like there's a ghost in the room or the house is haunted. It's like the, mm. these like pieces of technology are like or can also be used in that, like, a surveillance type way by humans. Mm-hmm. And that is what's creepy about it. Right. It's that like suddenly a slasher movie is going to be like, oh, I'm watching you on your webcam or like, yeah, the there's, same with like, yeah, like your phone is like a human could be using it. And that is also Outside of horror that is really creepy it's like the stuff that humans do to each other and how this new technology and our lack of understanding of it is like can be a part of that and i just think that is so smart like i love that i'm it, too scared to play them <laughs> but i like it <laughs> it's definitely like a, a very relevant question i think and and simulacra does take it i don't want to give too many spoilers because i do recommend play it's like it takes about mm. four hours i think to play the story once there's about seven endings so it's worth a replay but one of the, the questions that the series as a whole is trying to ask is really like at what point does your digital imprint become you mm-hmm. you know at what point is the real human kind of ceding control to the online avatar yeah which again is a genuinely really scary question especially in in the context of like as we've been saying the last few years where most of our contact with the world has been you know via the media of webcams zoom chats you know like yeah yeah how possible would it be for a a a simulacra that's what the word means of you to keep running right without Mm. you interesting 
That's very so, Black Mirror. I like that. Yeah. It's got quite a Black Mirror vibe. Yeah, this, very, very cheesy. This like Ghost of the Machine type thing. I mm. like that. Or like, yeah, something creepy within the wires of like the tech that we use. Because tech technology is very like not. It's the opposite. It's like <laughs> logical, and then there's spirits and spiritual over here, and it's like the inter intersection of that is like, oh, what happens when the two collide? And I like. Well, that. indeed, indeed creepy it's a very it's creepy also question funny. i would say yes yeah, at the mm. same time you're, you're bringing up black mirror and that's a really good point because there is that dark comedy to the whole concept right like, i didn't i didn't i did not laugh during a black mirror episode i was just crying just, i mean oh, every yeah. episode harrowing harrowing yeah but, which, you know. there's something very compelling about black comedy right Mm-hmm. Yes. About like there are definitely episodes of you know like the very first episode of black mirror with the prime minister oh, is harrowing but there is something a little, a little bit, bit funny about yes. it. You yes. know, like you kind of yeah. don't want to laugh, but you kind of it, It's do, the kind like... of like the shock laugh, right? It's the it, yes. it's the 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 way that you sometimes laugh because you don't know how to react to a thing. Yeah, it's so mm-hmm. shocking but so smart or so But you almost don't believe it can be real and so you yeah. you just you laugh at it because it's so surreal. Yeah. And the horror element of that is our relationship to televisions. Like oh, like all these horror mm. films is like on games like the relationship to our phones the relationship to each other through zoom and skype like it's yeah yeah no <laughs> yeah. yes yes it. no <laughs> just like <laughs> sorry uh, i made myself laugh so much at the thought of like having thoroughly trashed new media please keep listening to our podcast oh the new black mirror sucks so podcast all the way yeah agreed Oh Maybe my god! <laughs> Black Mirror is bad now, so technology is good? Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> we're through the looking glass. Anything yeah. could happen. And it's terrible here, but we're fine. We all have to agree that it's okay. <laughs> oh, it's really got me. <laughs> really curious as to what you define as funny and scary. Yes. Oh, this is possibly the one i'm most excited to talk about even though full disclosure it is the one i've played the least because it is the one that i am too much of a wimp to play properly (gasps) okay so yeah the game that i i've put at this uh Mm -hmm. point of the compass is i don't think one that either of you are going to have guessed um no yeah which is exciting to bring you something you maybe didn't expect from all this but after all what's funnier and scarier at the same time than the completely unexpected love it i hope Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> anyway, I'm ready. Yeah, it's um it is Dark Deception by Glowstick Entertainment. Dark um, Deception. Um and the reason that you might have vaguely heard of this lately is that the multiplayer spin-off game from it was unfortunately recently embroiled in the uh, Monster Energy Drink their whole thing of trying to sue oh, everyone with monster yeah. in the name. Um and Oh really? We did get a we did quite rightfully get a tongue in cheek and very friendly telling off for for our, our promotion of Monster Energy Drink in a previous episode. Although I would say if that counts as promotion, then I don't think that we need to worry too much. Yeah. <laughs> I think we'll be fine. I don't think we said too many positive things about Monster Energy that would not make it clear that we mm-hmm. we are very anti their attempts to sue every indie game with Monster in its name. But that is the spin-off. Anyway, the, the one that I want to talk about is the the original single player Dark Deception, um, which oh, is I know this genuinely game. one of my favourite horror games. And I try to play it and I struggle to play it because my main thing, as you might know from my sort of blind spot earlier, is I hate being chased by things. That is like genuinely it like wigs me out. It is I feel a testament to the the 
quality of this game that I'm always willing to try and give it a little go. Um, so I've never heard of this game. What's it about? Like, what do you do? So it's a sort of maze-based... Um, oh, God. Kind of like it's scary Pac-Man. Game. It's scary Pac-Man. That's a perfect description of it. Um, oh, no. And it's just... it. It's so much better than that has any right to be. Yeah. I feel is really? the best way to describe it. It's, it's very... Uh, tongue-in-cheek mm. um, in the way it's presented is basically like you are an individual I don't know what kind of individual because I still haven't <laughs> managed to get through this game it's too scary for me um, <laughs> who is like you go to this sort of like afterlife question mark potentially where there's uh-huh. this um, a woman's there who is clearly some sort of demigod type person she's played by one of the voice actors from mass effect so that's you know there's some Ooh. real quality going on in this production um Hell yeah and she's like run through all of these mazes and collect these souls from the mazes and i will give you what you want and that's oh, kind of the okay. the concept um and yeah the it is it is very pac-man like in that you're picking up all these like soul shards these soul fragments they're they're like these dots along the way it's all done in like a proper first person 3d but you've also got a mini like a proper pac-man style mini map down the side oh okay there are i think because originally like the first level i think is is free and then the remaining levels are sort of dlc add-on episodes everyone has a different and very offbeat but very effective like horror premise it's usually more silly than it's not like gory it's very silly Mm. but it's damn scary when these things start chasing you and yeah despite being one of the games that freaks me out so hard i did have to include it just because i love the way it's all presented that the thought that's gone into kind of building this world and even though you know the world is an excuse to get the mazes in there, it's still just <gasps> the story is compelling too. And and like every every maze has a different like twist on the on the monster. So in the base, the base maze is the hotel level, I think. And uh-huh. there are monkey bellhops chasing you. Um, I, think I was like gonna ask, what's with three the or monkey? four? It's like, you know, the horrible, horrible um like clapping monkey toy. That yes. presumably someone once gave to a child not meaning to give it nightmares, but I don't think has ever succeeded. And um, yeah, there's like three or four of them chase you. Then in the second level, there's only one chaser, but they can teleport. Uh, then oh, in God. the third level, there's like way no. more, but it's like Weeping Angels style. So they, you know, if you look at them, they can't move, but they're, you know, you have to ah. manage them that way. It's it's honestly too intense for me in anything other than short bursts, and I'm not very good at it, but I love it. I just, it's just got it's just so well done i can't help but say that it's just so well done and considering that glow stick entertainment are in a bit of a sticky situation right now because of monster energy mm. being bastard and stuff. <gasps> yeah it's worth giving them a shout out anytime i think and uh this this seemed like an apt time because genuinely it's the, one of the few sort of enemy chase horror games that i've genuinely enjoyed it's <laughs> you said to me uh just off air that you thought this was a good me pick and i would agree um yes. although i think it might be a little bit too scary i like the <laughs> silly nature of it mm. but I, I was wondering when you said you know on this compass um mm. and you said you had you know games for each quadrant funny scary the first thing i thought of was a game like amnesia or something where you are being chased by a creature because i think Mm. it is very scary up until the point where you're caught and then it gets very funny and i think that's sort of the appeal of something like five nights at freddy's as well Mm. is it is really scary but the thrill of being caught is part of the reason for playing it right i yes definitely 
and I think it's such a good pick for that quadrant, is something that is explicitly horrific, but also when you're getting chased, I mean, even when you're a kid and like, you, you know, a family member is chasing you around the house, like mm-hmm. sometimes Yolly will chase me. Like there's something like, you still get like the little piece of like fear in your chest, don't you? Of like, yes. getting, oh, there gosh. must be an animal instinct of like getting chased is fundamentally scary, but you mm-hmm. can't help but laugh. And I think you've, you've really nailed something. There. I, I, I genuinely hate it. I still, I don't like people walking directly behind me. It always, it genuinely mm-hmm. freaks me out in real life and in video games quite equally. Um, yeah. Like, oh I don't like it if I'm going, if my partner and I are going upstairs, I will let you go first because I just, even though I know it's just him, my partner of 13 like years, I just yeah. don't like having someone behind me. And I'm like, it, it freaks oh, me out. My family are assholes <laughs> and oh, they really? know I fucking hate anyone chasing me up the stairs. Oh, no. And there's on, a certain horror on stairs as on well. Purpose, yeah. My sister will hide in the kitchen, and I have to be—I have to be midway up the stairs because if I stop at the bottom of the stairs, it's not going to work. Like I have to be—I yeah. have to be on, like going up the staircase. Oh, that's so. And they, oh, my dad will do this as well. I'll be like minding my own business, going up the stairs, and they'll rush at me, and I will <gasps> scream like "Stop! Stop! Stop! Stop!" until he gets to the very top. It's fine at the very top, and it's fine at the very bottom. But in the middle, I actually cannot. And that is something they always tease me about is like being chased oh. up the stairs. So this whole thing about it being funny, guys, I can't relate. Yeah. <laughs> it's just trauma. It's trauma that's for fair. me. Are I mean, that's interesting because like, as you're saying, Liam, that you would you would sort of put amnesia in that. And I I could not, my God, amnesia is, is a funny game. Funny? Amnesia is, is, but it's the but, presentation with amnesia is, is part of the horror, right? Yeah. And I, I get that. I get the, the funny side of this quadrant means that it has to inherently have something funny about it right which yeah. dark descent has but do you not just think like so in half-life alex the vr game mm-hmm. there's a fantastic chapter where there's a creature who is he can't see you but he can hear you yes. and you're having to like make noises and avoid that but obviously it's in vr and half-life alex is a very photorealistic game that bit is so horrible but i don't mm-hmm. think i've laughed harder in a game than when i was playing that section because when he's like right in front of you or you make a noise and he charges towards you i just think it's the adrenaline makes things funny and maybe this is just my individual reaction oh yeah no yeah like amnesia was the same i I laughed a lot while playing amnesia because just having the this horrible thing chasing you just makes me giggle (laughs) with adrenaline (laughs) it's kind of it's kind of slapstick isn't it like scooby-doo kind of like oh yeah it's something about the yeah something about it like losing oh, I, its I fear i guess i'm, I'm pleased for point. you that that makes you laugh because i just i'm i'm freaked out by it <laughs> yeah that's fair that's totally fair yeah absolutely um, not but yeah it's interesting that you brought up five nights at freddy's and maybe like if this was more of an attempt to be objective with this sort of list that would have been the more obvious uh reference mm-hmm. point because obviously that again i feel has grown past its indie origins but it's very much an indie game to begin with um but yeah no i'm not i'm not a huge fan of fnaf um it's, it's good it's, it's place in horror gaming is super important but for me i would say something like dark deception would be my preference for that kind of mm. that kind of intersection yeah <sighs> that monkey it looks like the monkey from <laughs> toy story 3 but like it has yeah. like really oh, big sharp yeah. really big sharp teeth and it's got like blood all over it like that is what i'm looking at now on this game's terrific page. And yeah. it's just like big eyes. enough to fit through the corridor, but it's 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 so hulking, yeah. it sort of just squeezes in. Oh, they're and huge. I think that's such a smart design decision as well, because mm-hmm. there's something like the you can't head. get past it. Yeah. Oh, like there's, a, a, there's a bit in the second level. I think it's when the second level like 
kicks into its end game phase. Um, it's the second level set in a in a primary school, I think, and you're like, there's this little oh, girl no, who not, wants you to play with her, but she's all a monster. Not like um, children, like yeah, settings with children or like creepy that. kids drawings. Absolutely not. There's like the nice half of the school and then you get into the bad half of the school in the second half of the level. And that was the bit where I was like, this level design is actually scary. It's like the monsters oh. are scary the whole time, but the level design there is really oh, creepy. Yeah, no, I can't be doing with that. So <laughs> well, I, I, I've been adding to my compass with red pen uh, the hey. games you've been mentioning to try and uh, <laughs> accurately okay. pinpoint where they are. And I would love to complete the quadrant with your last pick for serious and scary. Yes. Okay. I'm really glad that we're ending on this one, actually, because I think this genuinely might be the closest I could ever get to an objective recommendation for the best indie horror game that I could think oh, of. Oh, okay. Ooh, right. Okay. Which is Detention by Red Candle Games. Oh, uh, right. Hell. I'm very interested to hear you talk about that. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm happy here is that we've had a, such a good mix of the games that you guys know, games that you don't, games that you like, mm. games that you are recoiling at the thought of. I think I've, you know, I'm pretty happy with the selection I put together here. No, it's a very good selection. Oh. So <laughs> I have not played. I've not played Detention. Um, I've read a lot about it, but I'd, yes. I'd love to know what you two think about it. I've got to admit, this is another one I've not finished, but from what I've played, I know that it's just so so good mm. um extremely good. serious subject matter i think that's probably worth coming in and saying right off the bat it is about the oh my god i read up on this the other day and now it's completely fallen out of my head but it is about the uh sort of geopolitical situation in uh taiwan in the 1960s mm-hmm. i believe 1950s or 1960s yeah so that's some pretty heavy stuff you know you're talking mm-hmm. about a lot of like state repression and mm. real real life things that really happened and that were very genuinely terrible. Yeah, that's kind of the backdrop for everything that's happening. And then you do have like a very, very scary supernatural horror game overlaid on that. I think this is an example of horror games doing a serious subject well. The developers are Taiwanese, so obviously they're coming from this being their own history and their own culture. Mm -hmm. No one is better lined up to make something like this than someone who comes from that background um yeah. but good lord it is just also it is it's a game you learn a lot from because you know mm. i don't know about you guys but i feel like i know very little about basically my my knowledge of of politics and history from school as a person from the uk is i know about the uk i know about the united states of america i know a little bit about europe and mm-hmm. yeah that's about it from a sort of formal education perspective um so you'll learn a lot about the subject of this game from this game. It's a very effective tool in that sense. But also it is very scary as a as a supernatural horror. Um and oh, I just I I'm reluctant to describe the plot in too much depth because I think it is something that is best experienced by playing through it or by mm. if you're like me kind of wimping out halfway through listening to a podcast on it, watching a Let's Play on YouTube and thinking, I will get back to it <laughs> when I am braver and have more time. But yeah, it's a sort of side-scrolling... I would say, like, it does have sort of action going on. It's more puzzly than action, yeah. but there are kind of action-based sections. There's bits... You, you're basically... As I recall, the way you combat the monsters is to hold your breath, right? Which is like a a button a button hold. Yeah. Um, And then you have to walk your character past various creatures while holding their breath mm. um before they're you know they they need to breathe again that's that's scary yeah that's <laughs> yeah. really scary yeah 
the way that the the threats are vision the way that actually the whole world is visualized is incredibly like it's very it's very dull it's very grainy it's very like it's a rainy day i think it's happening during like a typhoon yes is, is when the story okay. takes place um mm-hmm. but it it's all just fantastically well done in service of this story and in service of of the the way it operates on both a literal level to be about this period in history and also a metaphorical level um to be about a supernatural threat taking place during this period in history and oh god it's it's hard to talk about because i have so many thoughts about the end of this game but it yeah. would slightly defeat the point of a recommendation to mm-hmm. uh, to go into it in too much detail um but yes uh detention by red candle games who you may know because they also made devotion uh which was extremely extremely famously pulled from steam after i think a day yeah, uh, or yeah. something like that. It might have been a week um, or a day or something. It was a very short period of time um, because they had, I believe, left in an asset which contained a meme. Um, yeah, that was that was upsetting to the Chinese government, and it, a lot of bad things happened. Yeah, yeah. They, I think uh, it's, it's the still meme was comparing Winnie the Pooh to the Chinese president at the time. Yeah, and yeah. a lot of Chinese streamers. I think a Chinese streamer was found it like during a playthrough. Um, and then obviously everything kicked off and it got removed from Steam for many years. Uh, Red it's still not available anywhere. Is it? Yeah. Is it so, back? No, I think oh, you can well, buy it directly from them, but I don't think it's that's hosted on any store. So, that's it. Yeah, just from them, yeah. I think. Yeah. They were very much like, do we bring it back? Probably, you know, it would be banned in a bunch of countries because of this history. Like, what do we do? And so yeah. I guess, yeah, eventually they started up their own website. So you can buy it directly through them. Um, nice. But yeah. Uh, this is a, such a good pick. A I pick. Yeah. with Red Candle Games, yeah, I don't like horror at all. Played Detention a number of years ago, thought it was such a good horror game. So when Devotion came out, I bought it day one, thinking oh, wow. one day I will play this, but not now because I'm scared. But I will play this one day. Little did I know that the next day you literally couldn't buy it anymore. So I wow. have. I think I played it day one as well because I remember tweeting like. I played 10 minutes and had to nope out and I remember tweeting like my time and being like that's enough for today I can't play this game (laughs) so I I played it day one release and then obviously like it got taken down I don't I must be still in my Steam account yeah it doesn't get removed from your account I don't think if it's so I I do have devotion on Steam that's amazing you're like one of the chosen few I mean I'd love to check out devotion someday but I I still haven't it's it's so good I actually prefer devotion to detention but they ultimately kind of touch upon the same the same things uh mm. yeah this game is really fucking good um it's yeah like rebecca said about like 1960s Ty- taiwan it's set all inside a school um the situation is kind of like you know it's at a time where books are being burned people were mysteriously going missing and so the story is very much looks like a newspaper print like it looks like paper doll like Mm. all these characters are black and white like they've just like come out of a textbook and a newspaper because at the time they were being burned and people were being massively censored and so it's a commentary on that and yeah again i don't want to give too much away but it's very much focused on like the paranoia aspect of this this idea that you have to be quiet hold your breath otherwise things will come and get you and that's not necessarily like these fictitious chinese and taiwanese mythological monsters like that is what was happening at the time mm. and it's just very good red candle is so good at like incorporating like their own personal experiences because they are yeah they're taiwanese like rebecca said but also like in a way in which like these spirits are also it's also a commentary as well so yeah like it was 
I I don't think it's too scary. It is very scary, but like I got through it and I, I feel like it was fine. <laughs> yeah, it's not like, like it's not about... like jump scare heavy, you know, it's like yeah. it's it's it is definitely burn. more actively I would say it's more on the scary yeah. than the creepy end. You have to do more active stuff. You need a certain level of mechanical ability to get through the game, unlike some of the stuff yes. I put in the creepy end, which is like this is just your own mm-hmm. psychological mm. barriers that you put between yourself and the game. Um but yeah, I mean, you know, it, it may be clear from this selection, although Dark Deception is a bit of an outlier, that I don't love super, yeah. super difficult horror games because I am usually grappling with my own psychology at the same time. So <laughs> yeah, you don't need more. It's, um, yeah, you don't, need, you don't need too much trouble. Um, <laughs> I just want to piggyback off it a bit because Devotion is a very good horror game, Rebecca. Like, you should, oh yeah, you should I, would, I 100% want to play it someday. Again, the as someone who didn't manage to get it on Steam on day one. Jealousy. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah, I mean, I actually went out and bought Detention after uh, Devotion was delisted. Oh, did because you? I was like, oh, I want to support, you know, these mm. these developers and, Devo- and uh, Detention was still was still there. And I was like, I want to support these people because, you know, like they, I know they make good games. Um, and so that's kind of how I got into it from that point mm. of view. Yeah, um, Devo- Devotion was very much how it I... It looks great. Yeah, it really, yeah. it's, I mean, it's first person, so it's, that red it's candle a went, little bit like we'll, yeah we'll leave, we'll leave the right? point and click um side scrolling to the side hey guess what it's first person that's right you're walking around these environments oh, things are happening no. directly at your face <laughs> yes. and again it kind of like laser fear it's very much in like a house there's like time travel you go throughout the house throughout the years it's about this family and their struggles with spirituality and this like interfamily personal drama but also you know reflecting on like the culture at the time and yeah, it's 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 another horror house. You literally things are happening around you. You move through them. There's a few like puzzle elements, but ultimately you are at mercy, you know, at mercy of the game. Um, and yeah, it's really good. It also was the first horror game which I developed like my my coping mechanisms for playing horror <laughs> games. Like the whole idea that like okay, I play five minutes and then I have like a cute puppy compilation on YouTube <laughs> on the side. And also, I I don't like looking directly at the monitor so whenever i play horror games i play from like an angle like i literally if that's the screen i'm like reaching over the desk so whatever is like approaching the screen is like approaching like next to me and not directly at me that's so what i do as well sometimes that's a good idea. right i kneel on the floor sometimes and like play like kind of as, so just fast. so it's not in my face and devotion was the game that was like i need these coping coping mechanisms that's, because i need so this game is, this game is so good and i want to play <laughs> through it so badly so i need to come up with mechanisms that allow me to do that and so- that's such an endorsement i love that so much like yeah, that's what brilliant. better endorsement of a horror game than to be like i developed Jesus the ability Christ. to play horror games in order to play this that's okay. yeah that's, that's a really good point yeah, yeah. oh god another good life hack for that that i actually heard um, my music teacher in high school was like um oh she said it about scary movies but i i'm fine with scary movies it applies to scary games for me and she's like if you're struggling to get through part of it just turn the sound off because so much of oh, so much yeah. of fear is in sound design, and that really applies to games. I've done that before. When I do play a slightly more action-oriented horror game, um, if I'm struggling with a boss in particular, I'll I'll often turn the sound off, yes. and it becomes like a lot less stressful because you don't realize in the moment how much of it is the game just pulsing like a very intense music at you, or like yes. the monster roaring at you and stuff. And if you don't have mm-hmm. those, I mean, it's like obviously not how you're meant to play the game. It's like you know it's all sound design is very important in there for a reason as is evidenced by the fact that if you take the sound away it becomes a lot easier that's such so. a good tip i'm gonna carry both those tips forward i think 
definitely. I'm going to borrow yours, Rachel. Just just get side yeah. onto it. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Kittens, the kitten compilation also is good. Puppy compilation, just cute animal compilation. <laughs> du- ducklings. Ducklings are good as well because they're like very cute and fluffy. Uh, (laughs) but like oh yeah those two games i'm kind of sad though that their next game's more like an action platformer i really i was really hoping they would stick within the horror genre but they've kind of Mm. gone for a new direction which is fine but like it was so good like i was hoping they'd do like another one in the Mm. same vein as devotion but maybe they will one day i suppose just because they they redirect for game three doesn't mean it's forever but i know what you mean it's uh it looks yes. hard as nails as well, and that so it's like totally not my kind of game. So I was like, right. no! Yeah. <laughs> it looks great though. I just wish it was. I wish they had. I just want more devotion, maybe, and more detention. Like that. That vibe is like, oh, man. Yeah, they're making um an action platformer. What's it called? It's like this little fox I just character. Looked it up and I've forgotten. I'm so sorry. Nine souls. You know what? That's after the after their ordeal, you. do what they want. Right, exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking maybe maybe they wanted to step back from like just to completely do something different. Like I would understand. Yeah, it looks after, great though, after actually. everything kicked off. Yeah, it looks cool, but I can't believe I'm saying this. I wanted another horror More game. More horror. <laughs> this is great though. This is More it just really game. does demonstrate. I think the uh, the flexibility of the genre. But, yes. but isn't it interesting yeah. that out of all those quadrants, when you said at the start of this podcast, Rachel, that you're not a horror fan, <laughs> the one you've played is probably the worst quadrant of that company. Yes, true. I yeah, I agree. I'm so yeah. like that with indies. I'll persevere. If it like if, if it's a really good indie, I'm I'm gonna play it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah, nothing's gonna stop you, me. Your uh, devotion to play these games <laughs> from start to finish is is quite quite impressive. Yeah. Hope you're proud of me, Rebecca. I'm very proud. <laughs> yeah, extremely proud all the time. This compass idea, I love it. It needs a name, and is it, it just need Rebecca's it. compass of scares? Is that too? Ooh. Maybe I should leave it to you guys. It feels very. If we're going to name it after me, then I should not. I should not be on the naming panel. That's too self-aggrandizing. No, I think it's fine. You came up with it. You're allowed. <laughs> you come up with the theory. You're allowed to name it. Oh gosh, I genuinely, I just really want you to do it because I have no ideas. This is where my ideas went. <laughs> It's I mean, a I, concept. I, I like a, a comically long name. Oh, so, yes. Like, yeah. uh, Rebecca's spooky compass of horror recommendations for people who might like different types of horror, TM. I don't know. I, don't know that <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. Do, do we throw it to the comments? Oh, yeah. okay. Sure. Anyone, Discord, <laughs> let us know if you think of a name or send in your suggestions to podcast at rockpippershotgun.com. <laughs> If you can get compass rose in there, extra points because I like I like the phrase compass rose. Yeah, compass rose is good. I like that too. Yeah, that it's also good. it's like giving like sort of a like the word rose comes up a lot in horror games. I just feel like it's a it's a, an image that a lot of, yeah. a lot of horror really mm. likes to likes to call characters rose, likes to have rose in titles. So yeah, every yeah. compass rose has its compass thorns. <laughs> the Rebecca Jones horror theory. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> It does make sense that roses are the scariest flower because of the thorns. They're scary. They the, you think they're sc- really? Well, hmm. out of all the flowers, if you're going to pick one that's scary, it's going to be a rose. Is a Venus flytrap a flower? Oh, I don't know. I think a flower has to blossom and bloom. Oh. Is, a, is a Venus flytrap? Google you're the, you're the keenest a uh, horticulturalist Venus. here, Rachel. Yeah, I'm, I'm asking you directly because I know that you, you if anyone's going to know. <laughs> it's a flowering plant. There we go. 
Are they spooky? I think they're pretty spooky. They're, sp- they're fucked up, dude. Have you ever yeah. watched one do its thing? Yeah, it's horrible. Uh, it's like it's slower really than you want it to isn't be. It? It's nasty. It's As a, a kid, you'd imagine it was like om nom nom, just like yeah, no. reaching out I'm, and yeah. snapping them out the sky. Not like that'd be cute if it made those noises. They're like om nom 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 nom. That's kind of cute, actually. It wouldn't be the scariest flower then. It would be the rose. Sca- sc- what does Google have? scariest flower? <laughs> scariest flower. What does Google say? <laughs> oh my list? god! <laughs> what? The disgusting flowers on here. Oh my what, god! What scariest flower? Just your what? reaction was just amazing. Oh, it looked oh, like a spider. Microphone. It looks like a spider or something. I hate it. Absolutely not. Corpse flower. Oh, oh God! Why is that? Oh, that was horrible. That must what be Photoshop. That's here? a Photoshop. Listeners, do so not Google oh. scariest flower. What is this one called? Because I was thinking about this one, um, and I was thinking about this one because it's in Danganronpa. So that's just of course I approach life. Okay, black bat flower. That's the one that looks. That's the black one that has all the tendrils. Oh, was it the stinking corpse lily in um, Damronopper? I think it might be. In the greenhouse, that stinks. Yeah, it's, it's, the, it's the the one that smells like rotting flesh for sure. And they just, yeah. I, I don't know, this is not a spoiler for the game that Liam still hasn't played, but they never really refer to it. And that makes it somehow all the worse that there's just this yeah. massive, massive like corpse flower that no one ever talks about. Yeah, grim. Yeah, it is grim. I don't, they look too fake. I'm, I'm going to say it. Oh. I don't think corpse flowers are real. I think they're oh. all plastic. The theme oh, park theming. <laughs> I oh god I I have I have a least favorite flower but I'm trying to remember what it's called. Um, and when they bloom and like something comes out of the middle of it, that's oh fucked. you know what I, I'm sorry if you, I'm burping a lot. I'm getting really. <laughs> we get should, a bit we should change the subject. Let's I'm change getting... subject. Oh god, that's the one that I hate. Lotus <laughs> seed pods. Lotus seed pods set me off really bad. I'm gonna ask you to shut that now. I can't look at that anymore. Don't look oh, at it. Oh, do you have that? Um, yeah, so phobia. Yeah, yeah, yep, fair enough. Yep, yep. See, I just yep. want to reach in there and go, nom, 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 nom. Oh, you know what? This, is one, this is one thing I don't <laughs> want to eat. I'll eat plasticine, but I I, <laughs> I draw the line at gross plants. Lotus seeds. Lotus <laughs> seeds. All right. Oh. My skin's crawling. Rachel is becoming physically ill. I think that we should. <laughs> should move on. Wait, let's... Do, Liam, do you have any just like horror games that you like? Oh, of course. Let's just do course. a quick shout out because I have a... Yeah, uh, actually, yes, yeah. please do. Please I, do I, add your own examples was to the looking worksheet. At some of my favourites and I was trying to figure out where they would sit on the, uh, on the worksheet. Oh, shit, yeah. Um, I think <laughs> I would put uh, Cultic between Creepy and Funny. That's a okay. retro-inspired shooter. Um, that's basically a spiritual successor to blood which was a horror shooter from the 90s uh you play as an investigative journalist with a gun who is fighting back against all these hordes of cultists and there's lots of horrible uh creatures uh to fight against i would put dusk in that same bracket but i would put it way more towards funny uh dusk is very much a pastiche of lots of different horror tropes but it is also very tongue-in-cheek about it and it's very funny even though it does have some moments of more like creepy atmosphere but nothing explicitly scary in it i would put uh, a bit of a weird game but i would put the missing jj macfield in the <gasps> island of memories what the fuck that was if i'd done a fifth pick it would have been that really what? i didn't know you'd what? that game? <laughs> oh yeah the missing it's it's a really really good game um i would put that more towards creepy but still within the creepy funny bracket 
The Missing J.J. McAfeeld in the Island Memories is a game by the creative director of Deadly Premonition, which is one of my favourite games, about a young woman who travels through this horrific island full of horrible, horrible things. And it's it, it's a story about a trans woman and it's handled, I, I, I think, really well. Um, or it certainly was when I played it when it came out. And it's it's a really interesting game. It's It's very surreal. Lynchian in a lot of ways because that's Swery's kind of way of creating narratives. But it it's I think it, it's good. I think question mark Rebecca. It's been a while since I've played I, it, but I remember really liking it. Although I cannot speak from a place of obviously personal authority on this, I've heard very good things from trans communities about the representation in this game. So have I. Um, yeah. Saying that cool. Swery uh, has a very mixed record on that of, of yes, enthusiastic attempts, he... but not necessarily getting it right. Uh, JJ no. Macfield is generally regarded uh, rather well as a trans woman character written not by trans women. Oh. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Damn. I never heard of this game. A wish list. Doesn't look too <laughs> scary. I, I don't mind no, the side-scrolling is good. I don't like it when it's like... Well, it's <laughs> its main gimmick is you have to sever your own limbs to progress past puzzles. And she screams in a really horrific way. But even the whole idea of like severing your own body to progress through life and stuff is it is it's it has some there's a lot you can read into it but mm. it's it's like a lot of like it's almost like a lot of like self-harm and it's very challenging i would say as a content warning i think if you've got like yeah i, I would maybe approach this game gently but it's yeah it's it's pretty interesting about like pushing yourself through like a blender to then just be ahead to like get underneath a small gap it's it's a really interesting game. Yeah, came out. It's also a while ago. But I feel yeah. like it's got quite a sort of like sweet, oddly sweet romance in it as well. I feel like the relationship. Yes, yeah, the reason that Jade is going through all this is because her girlfriend goes missing. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. And right, I'm interested. Yeah, and there's like there's a lot of like conversations they have, and like a lot of people interpret the girlfriend as Ace as well, which is really interesting, and like the mm-hmm. the sort of back and forth that they have oh. is really interesting. So. Mm. Yeah, it, it kind of yeah asks a lot of interesting questions about obviously like the, the central question being identity as well. Yeah. And the idea of like your internal identity and that visualization of like obviously it's it's got self-harm in a physical sense as well, but also the idea of like self-harm on a sort of psychological level. Yeah. In an attempt to form an identity that perhaps is more acceptable to others, or even in the process of like the pain of realizing your own identity for your own benefit in the end as well it's like there's a lot going on there is a lot going on it's pretty heavy stuff but it is a really beautifully designed game yeah it's it's super interesting i think it is definitely i'm glad you've mentioned about swery's approach to these subjects is so so hit and miss because deadly premonition 2 has a pretty (sighs) awful trans representation in it and it's so bizarre after he makes this he goes on and like drops the ball that hard yes yeah but as an individual thing, yeah. I think it can be quite enjoyable. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> Genuinely would have been my fifth pick if there was another appropriate place to I can't believe to, we've never talked in. about that. Like, I know, fair, right? like, Yeah, wow, yeah. I like yeah. him. Yeah. yeah what about you, Rachel? This. Do you have any recommendations? Yes. Where's my list? <laughs> um, Iron Lung, which is being made into a Ooh, movie yes. with Markiplier. Oh, yeah. Yes. Free. Go play it. It's free, right? Or is it like a penny or a pound? I think it's pretty cheap. That's by the Dusk dev. It's by the same person who did Dusk. Is that a Dread XP one as well? I think it might be Dread XP, who I I have not mentioned in this episode, but 
they curate uh, amazing games. Yes, it's five pounds normally. So I don't know how many dollars that is. What six, seven dollars? Very good. Oh, yeah, you're trapped on a submarine. <laughs> That's why I went. <gasps> yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Didn't didn't the sales for this game go up? It shot that up yeah, that it weekend. Did. Yep. Absolutely not. Anyway, it's a very good horror game though, so recommend that. You're trapped in a submarine, something's happening outside. The only way that you can see out is through taking screenshots through cameras, still images, and there's lots of like cool twisty oh, knobs and stuff this. you can you can mess with. Very good, very scary. It's what, like half an hour tops? Yeah, would totally recommend that. I think on the uh, Rebecca's creepy, scary compass of awesomeness. <laughs> it's it's more scary. is it more creepy or scary? Maybe a bit in the middle. I feel like it's. it's I mean, we don't have to. We don't have to always go to the end of the scale. I think it is acceptable to to kind yeah, of place it around. as in like that that sort of like alignment okay. square as well. Okay, I'm gonna put it like near towards the center. But yeah. A bit more scary than creepy. Mm. But oh no, is it anyway? So that one, you decide where it goes on the on the compass. Uh, I also really like Mundown, which is a pencil yes. horror oh, game. Yeah. That's Beautiful another one that game. I was like, I need to, so I need to, I need to force myself to play like through this game because it is so fucking good. Folk horror. Oh, what nationality is it? Uh, Isn't it like down. Eastern European? I want to say. Let me have a Luke. It will say. Oh, the Alps. So that's oh, right. Switzerland. Switzerland. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, folk horror, you're a person who is called to by your, like, brother or their brother's lawyer or something. You go back to their, like, fa- like a farming village. Well, I say village, it's like a couple of, like, buildings. That their house is burned down, you find letters and information, and you're basically staying there to work out what happened to your... Br- I think it's your brother or something. Anyway, it's all, like, pencil-based horror. The guy who made this is a single developer. Um, yeah. Everything is drawn by by them. Very cool. Also something that looks at like the history of Switzerland. There's like military bunkers, which kind of explores that aspect of the war. Um, really creepy, super great. But yeah, one that I also had to, I was like, I need to play this game. And so I kind of worked my way through it. It was very good. So good. Um, there's a talking goat in it. What's the, is it the the witch that has like the to- the goat, the devil oh, goat? Oh my God. I have <laughs> yeah. to tell you a story. I have to tell you a story now because if I don't tell it now, my partner will email the podcast <laughs> and you will read it out on the next podcast and I will not control the narrative, right? Okay. The witch <laughs> is the one you're talking about. The movie is the one you're yeah, talking about. Yeah, the bitch. I, I found the actor who played the human form. I want to be very specific. The human form of Black Phillip, very attractive. Black Phillip. I tweeted about it and he liked my tweet. (gasps) And the thing that my partner chooses to remember of this story is the fact I fancied the goat from The Witch, which is not even accurate. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, it sounds like you did. (laughs) Of the goat from The Witch. Um, Yeah, no, I just, I like that story. I genuinely like that. It's like one of the weirdest moments was there was just a tweet thread going on about how attractive this guy is. And I was like, yes, he's very attractive. My partner makes fun of me all the time. <laughs> fancying the goat. And he liked it. <laughs> that is so funny. And I'm like, I'm leaving you for the goat from the world. <laughs> the goat <laughs> from Black Phillip. <laughs> anyway, yeah. that, that's my story. Uh, so good. <laughs> uh, so I guess that would go... It's not funny. It's kind of... It's kind of... Cre- I'm so I'm, terrible at this. That's probably know, like so... in between creepy, scary, and serious, right? Yeah, where, I yeah, think so. I think so. I don't. Th- I don't. I've only played the demo. I still need to play Mundon all the way through, but I don't remember being 
super it's, tickled it, by anything that was happening in it. <laughs> not a laugh in a minute. Is it? Not really, not really. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then my last one is Signalis, which came out last year, which is one of my favorite games of 2022. It's, I need to play that. Yeah, it's you'd love it. It's mad that I haven't, yeah. Yeah, it's really good. It's about an android who returns to... She's, like, called back to a planet in which she, I guess, worked, or she was in a spaceship and then she got called back. Her partner's missing. She's looking for her. Um, and it's a survival horror with um, existential elements. Of, it's an android, so you're going to get a lot of, like, Am I a, a person? What makes a person a person? And uh, just it's very ambiguous as well. I still don't know what the fuck like half of what goes on in that game. Uh I really like that about it though. It's it's very ambiguous in its message, but ultimately mm. it's great. Gay androids, so get on. Gay that. androids, can't argue with it really. <laughs> yeah. So that mm. is that is another one which I also these are all games which I had to persevere through. Signalis less so because I kind of, what you said, Liam, like I had a gun, so I felt more capable <laughs> of being like, bang, bang, <laughs> like stay away. Have you played Soma? Big difference. No. Because I feel like Soma Do might not. be one that you would like. I know. Um, Soma would be another like close runner up for me for the kind of like yes. favorite horror games. Oh. Um, That's my blind spot. I've it's always basically walking it. sim. Yeah, it's, it's mine like as not well. very challenging. Isn't there like a stealthy bit though? Where you have to it's hide? a little it's a very limited amount of stealth. Even I found the stealth sections to be okay. alright in that, and I am a massive, massive wimp about stealth sections. And so. I think there's an exploration um There is there is a safe mode. Yeah. They added like a normal so. monster mode, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. So Which maybe is, I literally need I'd have no excuse. But yeah. If you want to just like stare at the wall and um like question like your place in the cosmos um and what it means to be human because oh god i remember playing soma i bought it for my partner for his birthday um and so he co-played it it was a few years ago Mm -hmm. and we were both horrifically ill with something i can't remember what but we were like really really like ill um Mm -hmm. and and playing soma which we finished really quickly and i just it's one of (laughs) the games that has made me cry the most. Um, it is oh. way sadder than it is scary, in my opinion, or at least that was my experience of it. Um, I need to play it. I've heard it's emotionally devastating. It is. It really got me, like a couple of scenes, really, really I got me. And that's, that. even though there are horror moments, I would say it's more a sad game than a scary game, which is a, a thing I would also say about um, another one, which I really enjoyed, which I haven't put on this list because I don't find it scary, but I do find it quite upsetting is Doki Doki Literature Club which is another oh, yeah. like it's yeah. more just emotionally devastating like you say it's just it's it's very sad so yeah I didn't I didn't go for sad games that game needs all the trigger warnings in the fucking planet yeah it does um, but yeah I didn't really go for sad on this maybe we need another offshoot but that's sad. for next time just like sad just really sad, sad. Games. I mean I guess serious covers that but I don't know I don't, True, know. Yeah, actually. I don't think they're scary or creepy I think they're sad We'll expand it out. This this yeah. could be an evolving this is project be that the we keep revisiting. The most messed up looking like diagram. Yeah, it'll be fine. We'll we'll get <laughs> yeah. there. We'll let people at home draw it out themselves as well, like we have. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yes. Yes.
We've been talking about horror for an awfully long time. We have. It, it can be. It was a great chat. I've had a. I've had a great time. Thank you so much for uh, for putting the podcast kind of in my hands to just talk horror. Of course, it's been yeah. great. I'll absolutely, do it again. Mm-hmm. You two for saying that you, you're not as into horror. I really, really brought some just some of the best stuff into this. Like, it's been so good. It's been so good. Great group project. Can't wait to make this neat little compass rose the messiest diagram anyone ever saw. It's going to be so fun. But yes. we should get on to something more pleasant for us all to talk about. I think it's time for hyperfixations where you just get to say what's actually been bringing you joy and not giving you sleepless nights. Who would like to go first? Uh, I can I can smash it out. Go! <laughs> smash it out. I'm in a bit of a weird position where I've got like three hyperfixations and I don't really want to talk too many about two of them. So I'm going to blitz through two very quick. The first is Love Island. We don't need to talk anymore (laughs) about Love Island, but I'm watching it every night. Uh, Rachel's aware of that. I mean, we're both into it pretty hard, aren't we? Like I mentioned before. What was it? Snake Boy. (laughs) How's it going? Snake Boy? Snake Boy? Uh, Anyway. Oh, it's this it's is amazing. Great, I don't season. watch Love Island, so I've got no idea what's going on. So oh, it's great. It's, <laughs> it's terrible, but it's, it's awful. routine. Um, the second thing I want to talk about, actually, the other two things I want to talk about are games. I don't normally talk about games and hyperfixations, but I have two that have been wrapping mm. my brain a lot. Ooh. The first is Pizza Tower, which I played at the start of the year and did not gel with. Um, I thought the act mm. of playing Pizza Tower was quite tough going. And then I've gone back to it. Um, it was actually a commenter on our um, Game of the Year so far article said, oh, surprise, Pizza Tower isn't here. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll give it another try. And I don't know why, but the second time round, something's clicked. And I actually finished it last <gasps> night. Really? And I, and I think it might be a bit of an all-timer. <gasps> oh, wow. <laughs> this is the thing. I yeah. also started playing it. was like, nah, I can't be dealing with this. And so I've not returned to it because I'm like, it's too much it's too fast it's too quick i don't quite understand the movement i know it's supposed to be fast but i'm just like i feel like i can't keep up yeah that was my thing as well i felt like it wanted me to go fast but it was putting obstacles in my way constantly but everyone talks about how amazing it is so yeah i didn't get it and i love the animation i love how funny it is it's one of the funniest games so gross yeah it's so gross just like the way they scream (laughs) and just all the animation is is very like cartoony like classic cartoony yeah it's all like it's been made in ms paint but i mean that in a loving way but (laughs) something clicked where i realized that the movement i'll talk more about this game in another episode definitely Mm. but there's something about it wants you to go fast but it also is constantly stopping you from going fast and i think that tension that battle between fluidity and stop like and stopping and careful measured movement yeah. is actually really interesting and once you sort of like let yourself go a little bit and let the game guide you you start to see these clear paths and it becomes a far more fascinating game that is all about you know pumping on the gas and then pumping on the brake and sort of that stop start it's just a really interesting rhythm Okay. And yeah, I don't know. And each each level so inventive. And also, I feel like some of the best levels are like at the back of the game. Um, there's oh, a, like a yeah. Five Nights at Freddy horror level in that game. Oh my god! What? Yeah, it's like jump scares and things chasing you. It's fascinating. So yeah, Pizza Tower. Check it out. Very cheap. Great on the Steam Deck. Great soundtrack. <laughs> so yeah, good. I don't know. Really got back into it. I I thought you might have done one. I got back from holiday and your um. <laughs> my Slack, profile. <laughs> your Slack profile picture changed yes. your face to Peter's. Like Gustavo and his mouse friend, the two best characters in the game. Excellent. 
excellent. There's a bit where in one of the later levels, it's like a scary hub world and Gustavo and this giant mouse, who are like these alternate characters you sometimes play as in different levels. As you approach them, if they can't see you, they're hugging each other and sweating because they're scared. And then the second you're in their line of sight, they're like back to back and like one of them is smoking a cigarette and they're trying to be cool. (laughs) It's just full of little jokes and moments like that. It's so funny. Right, yeah. But my main hyperfixation is... A free mod for Half-Life 2. That's right, I'm partying like it's 2008 all over again. It's the VR mod for Half-Life 2. And it is so good that if you told me that Valve had remade Half-Life 2 for VR, I would have believed you. But it's not. It's a fan project and it's free. This mod completely translates not just Half-Life 2, but Episode 1 and 2 as well into a VR game by layering on a bunch of the VR mechanics that were introduced in Alex. So things like full 360 uh, movement on weapons, tactile reloading where you've got to eject the clip and reach over your shoulder and cock the guns. And yet it builds this in a game that wasn't built for VR. And yet Half-Life 2, it turns out, really suits being a VR game. Damn. To the point where... Yeah, it's very fast moving, and in that case, it can be quite difficult. Scooting around on the airboat is quite nauseating in VR, but it's got a lot of comfort options that make it a bit better. But just the physics system, playing around with the gravity gun in VR just works, and I'm just blown away by the... Obviously, a lot of work's gone into this, but it it really lets you experience that foundational game in a completely different way, to the point where I think it's one of the best things I've played this year. And it's a free mod for a game that's currently 89p in the Steam sale. So if you have a VR headset and you're a Half-Life fan like I am, please download this mod and give it a try because I haven't seen many people talk about it. And I do think it's one of the best VR games out there. It's absolutely fantastic. And I'm just, if I didn't have a huge head wound right now from the surgery I had yesterday, like why did I start playing this VR game three days before I had head surgery? (laughs) Like I cannot play it for probably a good two weeks now. But I'm, I'm desperate to play it. So yeah, those are my those are my happy oh, fixations. Oh, that's so great! I just I'm showing my age here because just the the idea of VR mods is still like new and weird and scary to me. But <laughs> Wild, it is isn't it? Yeah. incredible what people are doing with that sort of thing. Wow, that's such mm. a good recommendation. Damn, Thanks. all yeah. three. And also now context clues. You should all realise who is who from the beginning of the podcast. Oh, oh mm, really? <laughs> Listen again for the full context. <laughs> yeah, More of that in later episodes. Anyway, uh, again, why not? Yeah. <laughs> yes, stick around if you're wondering why there's no clear answers. We'll get to those. Rachel, <laughs> what's your hyperfixation? <laughs> My hyperfixation is Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective, which, um, yes, I we have a Discord um, and I checked out the Discord over the weekend. And Rebecca, I'm not surprised, but also all surprised that you have... The first one as well of the first yes, 10 the cases. First one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's basically a ooh, table a TTRPG, tabletop uh, RPG, where you play as this motley crew, like Sherlock's motley crew, and you're, <laughs> you're kind of helping him solve different cases, but not really. He likes solve the, uh, the, ga- the idea of the game is like you're trying to beat Sherlock. 
Um, So it's a point system where you're given like an opening paragraph where you're described. Someone comes to Sherlock with a a situation like, oh, this person's been murdered. Oh, I'm scared about my jewels being stolen or, you know, other Sherlock Sherlock stuff. Victorian Um, London problems, am I right? There's a circus and there's lions that have been stolen. Where are the lions? I don't know. Um, uh, So, yeah. And so Sherlock is like, Okay, let's get on the case. I'll do my thing. You you guys, you do your thing. And it's a kind of a text adventure where you're given a each case uh, in the first set of um of games, it's 10 cases. You're given a, a booklet with like um scenarios if and you're given a map, a a phone directory of like a whole bunch of names uh and then all their names locate have like a like a number on them and then you flick ah. to the 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 place in the book where that number corresponds to same with the map like if you're like oh look at the map oh want to go here that will then also have a number associated with it you can then look up that number in the book oh that's cool each case also has a newspaper so you have to read the newspaper because sherlock always says there could be clues in the newspapers so you got to make sure you read that paper back to front um and avoid all the quite weirdly problematic victorian stuff which is fine but also there's sometimes you're just like you didn't have to go that hard with being accurate but anyway the game is still good <laughs> that was a bit of a rant sorry but like no it's good it's, it's the idea it is, is yeah you're solving this case it's all like kind of down to you no one is really guiding you where to go you're just giving this booklet and you decide where to go who to talk to and then you flick to that aspect of the book and there's either someone being like they don't live here anymore fuck off and you're like well that was waste and the idea is that you log the number of places you go to and then you so you keep track of the number of places you're also given like a set of questions that you're supposed to answer at the end who was murdered why were they murdered? You get points from that. And then tallying those two things up, you compare it to Sherlock, whose score is always 100. And you can see whether you're over or under that. The lower the score, oh, wow. you beat Sherlock. Above the score, I've never beaten Sherlock. Me and my partner, we've played all 10 cases from the first game. We're on to the second set of cases, like a which is, which is a separate box. Um, never beaten Sherlock once. Um, it's kind of not the point. The point is that, yeah, you're kind of sitting down, figuring out this detective case together. And love it. Absolutely great. I would recommend it to anyone who likes kind of you know detective board games this one i think is quite well known just because it is it's so hands off mm. you're very much just like oh i think we should go here i think we should speak to this guy um and there's nice little details for you like oh he was had a cane in this scene he's not got a cane here like it's very you know intuitive uh very lets you be the detective you've always wanted to be uh, <laughs> and let's be part of sherlock's posse you're like hey how's it going <laughs> So yeah, it's very fun. And also when you put voices and shit on it, it makes it incredibly more hilarious. And I like have oh my God, I like have like always. a Sherlock the Sherlock Holmes um you know the movie? Who directed the movie? Um The Guy Ritchie one. Yes. So the soundtrack for that, I put it on in the background. I'm just oh, like, yes. nice. oh, I dun, do love that dun, soundtrack dun, as well. Dun, 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 Can I tell yeah. you like Also Jude Law? Oh Jude my Law god. On those films. Genuinely. Yeah. Saw. secretly not so secretly two of my favorite movies um they are so good the music the jude law with the mustache the jude law with the bowler hat <laughs> they're better is, is than they're better than the bbc ones oh by yeah far. see yeah. it's a controversial 1, opinion but i am i am to your way of thinking i think a study in pink was better than the guy Ritchie movies but i think the guy Ritchie movies were better than everything else in yeah. sherlock the tv yeah. series I agree. So yeah, I'm glad we established play, that. If you want to pretend that you're <laughs> hanging out with ranking, Hot Watson, play these games. Always. Mm. What's it called? Oh, Just one more time. It's Sherlock Holmes, Consulting yep. Detective. 
Nice. That sounds but good. Yeah. That was hoping, I'm obsessed hoping with Yolly it. doesn't listen to this episode because that might be a good Christmas present. <laughs> it loves Yolly. <laughs> I should have said She's... before. Yeah. <laughs> I've done that so many times where I've brought something up and then it's been like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but this is also different to like, there's a couple of Sherlock board games. There's also another one called like 221B Baker Street. Oh, That's a co- God, yeah. totally separate one. Uh, I've also played that one. It's very good. This one is just a bit more like hands-on. It's, there's not like a board or you ha- don't have to like mm. move your marker like anywhere. Mm. It's very much more like the theatre of the mind. So yeah, recommend that. I, I tell oh, you nice. what, next time we're all together, I might have to I might have to bring this out because I, I went and checked when you mentioned this in the Discord the other day. And mm-hmm. I think I own five Sherlock Holmes themed board games. <gasps> um, and my honest favourite is just the card game, which is so oh, really? great for like a night game? with mates as well. It's really, I have two copies of it for some reason. Um, yeah, you'll have to and, bring that along next time. Yeah, yes. it's so it's so Same easy. To, I have literally taught drunk people to play it. It's quite simple. <laughs> so I think it's like hell yeah. Um, yeah, no, I I definitely I, I think it's just called Sherlock Holmes the card game. It's fairly old, but I like yeah, that. it's uh, hmm. yeah, yeah. Obviously, Sherlock Holmes nerd, board game nerd. I'm uh, I'm along with you. Although I'm like I'm tempted to give Consulting Detective like another go now that you've because mm. we kind of bounced off it when we tried it, which is a real shame because. I, the, I love the yeah. idea. The point system really put me off. But now I know that like not beating Sherlock is not such a damning yeah. indictment on my ability yeah. to detect. I feel a little bit more heartened to Yeah, try if it you again. can just answer all the questions at the back, that's good enough. Yeah. And like mm. sometimes so because you it's like the point system is like which locations you go to, Sherlock does it in like six turns sometimes. And he, that he doesn't, cheats. He's a oh, cheating bastard when it comes to yeah. where he goes. So that's what put me like, off. It's like you never would have done that. Yeah. Absolutely not, Sherlock. Yeah. Absolutely not. So it's almost like it's just like a camp bit of the game. They they got to put Sherlock in somehow. Yeah, exactly. And so it's he's like, like in there in the background. You're it's like, just okay. almost like after we we played the first case, we we're like, I would like to play this again, ignoring the point system because the just the detecting bit is so fun. The te- it's really oh, fucking good. So yeah. good. I love that stuff so much. Yeah, not all the cases are like ten out of ten. But there are mo- it's a game that a board game that inspires like moments between you and your players being like oh my god like the bit where you flick somewhere and you like you knock on the door they're dead you're like ah. oh that sounds <laughs> like, brilliant it sounds it sounds so funny you're just like so oh my good. god it's like the drama the drama oh the one that we the one we recently played no spoilers this is in the, another set not the first set if you guys want to play that but there's another one in another set where it's like there was like two twists and two murders and it was like oh my god it was, oh, it was, it was great <laughs> i was like because me and henry we played the first set left it for a, a year because i think we played the jack the ripper cases and didn't like them because like i think that's yeah, a bit fair. weird so yep, we played some agreed. of the other cases and yeah I, we're so back into it we're gonna keep playing the other cases that i'm really excited i'm so happy that we we, oh, we like rediscovered them that's so good yeah that's mine Rebecca how about you (laughs) well speaking of rediscovering things I love how there's always a seg if you look hard enough um yeah I also have to uh because as as I said at the at the start it has been like three weeks since we last recorded so obviously like in Rebecca years that's time for so many obsessions so yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up a couple of things one of them just really quickly um I remembered this week that bardcore exists which makes me very very happy um medieval style covers of modern pop music um, and the reason that I remembered is because uh, I'm just I'm looking at it on screen and I'm still going to butcher saying this on the first go. Hildegard von Blingen. Ooh. Love that. And um, Algal the Bard uh, did a version of Orinoco Flow by Enya as a sea shanty. 
Oh my god. And so I quite like Orinoco Flow by Enya, but it's you know when like the first time you listened to Johnny Cash's cover of Hurt and you were like, I no longer need the nine inch nails version oh, of Hurt. Yeah. It okay. is that for Orinoco Flow. I'm like, this is great. <laughs> this is just the perfect way to do this song. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, I with music, I, I dip in and out. Sometimes I'm listening to music all day, sometimes I kind of not listen to a lot of music for for a long little while mm-hmm. but i have listened to this song about six to eight times a day these last oh few days God. i'm Love just that. obsessed with it so much so much um it is fantastic and lovely and you can find it on hildegard von blingen's youtube channel um <laughs> what a great name it's such a great it is oh i should know because i actually have a flipping master's degree in this it's a reference to something i cannot recall what Damn. but hildegard von bingen is a figure who i should know with my qualifications so let's just let's just leave it yes. at that and move on to my other hyperfixation let's move away from my shame um because yeah i was uh as as we mentioned as well at the beginning i was on holiday last week and the week before mm-hmm. i think feels like a million years ago now but i did have a very lovely time mm. and uh i always get a lot of reading done on holiday mm. i read some great books Ooh. but the one that i wanted to mention that became my hyperfixation i have my copy here so that i can reference it and show you guys is The House in the Cerulean Sea by TJ Klune. Ooh. This book was recommended to me by my dear, dear friend, Aiden. Shout out to Aiden, who has never steered me wrong with her fantastic fantasy recs. Because I don't read a lot of fantasy. Mm-hmm. So basically, uh, every two, three months, Aiden and I will email each other and I will ask what fantasy books she's been reading. And she'll give me like this list and I'll just go and get all of those. And I'll be like, I'll read those on holiday. Yes. Um, House in the Cerulean Sea is kind of like... Um, a lot of people compare it to like 1984 with the the way it's set up, which is a really oh. weird comparison. But it's like if you've ever, it's basically very like X Men style. Um, if you've ever read like, I love it. So hard to like X Men. X Men. Yeah, no, it gets weirder. It gets weirder. It's like a very very tender and lovely romance as well. Um, oh. it is a super super queer book. Um, it is uh like oh, yeah. very sweet romance between two male characters, and um one of them is like the basically like the headmaster of this school mm-hmm. for um, children who are extremely volatile, like supernatural creatures. So they've been kind of taken oh. away to this, this secret, like top secret school. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, the lead character gets sent to basically like assess the orphanage uh, slash school that, oh, okay. that he runs. Um, and it's obviously like, there's this very like dystopian setting to it all in that, like his he he has this like really miserable drudging life in the city and his superiors are kind of like find as a reason to shut this guy down um but he goes to this like beautiful island where it's like you know he like basically sees the sea for the first time and he sees like all these colors of like nature for the first time and mm. he like meets this found family of magical creatures um and it's just i was i was crying oh. on the sunbed by the pool i was crying oh. on the beach i was crying on the catamaran a day trip i was like i've cried very publicly over this book and always happy tears it is so sweet and affirming and just very very heartwarming all the way through can't say enough good things about it i recommend it wholeheartedly if you feel uh, i don't want to always bring this up but if you feel a little bit burned by the fact that you had a fantasy (laughs) series in your childhood that you felt very affirmed by as a queer person and then you can't really enjoy that relationship unproblematically anymore. I'd check out TJ Klune and start with The House in the Cerulean Sea. Because um, it really nice. does scratch that itch a lot. Um, and it's also very well written and goodwill building. 
and mm. very romantic and sweet. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> that sounds great. The cover was so nice. Oh, the, yeah, the art the is beautiful as the well. Art the cover really is beautiful. Nice. Like in his acknowledgements, he shouts out the artist at length. And oh, like, really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and sweet. I totally see why it's uh, it's lovely, lovely artwork. Mm. Um, you know, it's good when. They insist on having the same artwork in like all the international versions. Yes, yeah, that's a very uh, good point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, that's yes. me. It's such a lovely book, even though it made me cry so much in public. <laughs> made a lot of Greek people think, "What the hell is up with her?" Probably. <laughs> well, we are all for as well established uh, books that make you cry on this podcast. So. <laughs> yes. yes, but like, yeah, these are these are happy tears. These are definitely yeah. happy tears. Aww. Yeah, great wreck. Um, check that out. Yeah, I love yeah, it. I totally recommend it. Um, and yeah, that's that's me. I mean, if you know, I could just rattle off every book that I've read over the last two three weeks, but I think no, that's that's a good one to leave it at. I think. <laughs> You can't argue that the one that made you cry buckets was the hyperfixation. Mm-hmm. You know, you just yeah, you have to. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's a nice place to to leave this one. On a sad book. Yeah, that's what we always Not do. A yeah. sad book, a happy book. <laughs> Sorry, Classic. a book that made us cry. <laughs> a very, very happy book. <laughs> Stop it. Sorry. I'm losing grip on reality if I'm being completely. Oh, we all are. It is my weather widget says it's twenty degrees today, um, in this part of the country. Ooh, and if yeah. this is twenty mm. degrees I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't feel true. I'm going to say that much. (laughs) It's very warm in here. So that's it for this episode of In Discovery. Thank you so much for listening. Your support means the world to us. We really appreciate you. Once again, listening to what I'm sure is another two-hour pod. Like, seriously. (laughs) Thank you. Um, That's great. If you have enjoyed this episode, then uh, please consider rating or reviewing us or leaving a comment on your podcast provider of choice or on uh, the Rock Paper Shotgun website. You can also get in touch via the Discord or by emailing us directly at podcast at rockpapershotgun.com. You can also find us on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and oh, TikTok. Oh, oh I wish I had forgotten my outro script now. Could have saved you the horrors of TikTok, but there we go. We had to mention it. Um, so until next time, it's goodbye from me, uh, Liam and Rachel. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye, everyone. See you on the next one.